It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Shore Parks. It's Jack Fritz live from Eagles Open Practice, sitting here in, in Merrill's booth. Elliot, I mean, what are we doing here? Well, what we're doing, Jack, is one of my favorite shows of the year. Everyone knows I love training camp. We are here at Lincoln Financial Field for the live practice. We're going to have live analysis, and yes, of course, live training camp stats. I wow. got the, I got the tablet out. I got the pen. I'm ready. And let's be honest, like. This is a big night for the offense. I feel like I'm doing a pregame show outside prior to uh, this week is one. you're more you're more locked in on this than pregame any of the preseason games. Well, for they sure. matter they matter way more than the preseason games. I, I've been at every practice so far, and it's been a while since the offense has won a practice against the defense. Nick Sirianni keeps score of the offense versus the defense each day. Sometimes even yells it out during practice what the score is. So these are competitive practices, and right now. Frankly, it's not competitive between the defense and the offense. The defense has been dominant most of the practices, and I'm excited that there'll be fans tonight to get a chance to see Jalen Hurts. Of course, you know he's going to kill it tonight after all the practices only I get to see yep. he doesn't play well. So I'm sure he'll have a, uh, a great practice tonight. But, no, you can see the fans already coming in. They're clearing the field, uh, getting ready for the players to, co- to come out, and I'm super excited to see what the offense looks like Well, tonight. frankly, I mean, this is <laughs> – the fans being here matters so much. You know, back in the day at WIP, you would have the people up at Lehigh, yep. and they'd be able to drive back home, and they would be able to call in and give their thoughts on on what they just saw. So having the fans here, like now we can all see what you and the other beat writers have been talking about and seeing like if we agree or disagree. Yeah. And I think that's massive. And it's just so funny being here because I, I remember I came to one of these in like 2014, 2015, and now we're sitting up here broadcasting it. Very so, cool. Just watching the rise of Jack Fritz. Yes. There's nothing like it. Well, listen, for as excited as I am about Eagles training camp and Eagles open practice, I would say a mere quarter of a mile from here, we have a baseball team. Here it is. That is it's only is, a matter of time. That is 12 games over 500. Yeah. 
They are tied for second in the wild card right now. They're chasing down the Padres, who uh, just got Juan Soto. They'll probably take it. But regardless, they have tiebreaker wins over the Padres, the Brewers, the Cardinals. The Brewers are fading. Uh, I, I got to be honest, Elliot, is, it is a really, really exciting time to be us and to, to be Philly sports fans and to be especially diehard Phillies fans because for the first time in, again, 11 seasons, yeah. it feels like we have a real baseball team. They know how to win. They are well-constructed. They have their best bullpen since 08. They have a pretty good starting staff. Nola was good again today. And this offense, I mean, without Bryce, what they have done since Bryce Harper has gone down, like this is what intestinal fortitude is. Mm -hmm. This is what toughness is. This is what winning looks like. And frankly, there's a lot of people that when Bryce went down, they were like, it's over. They're not going to win. They can't survive without him. Yeah. And all they've done since that is proven them wrong. And what we are seeing is a real winning culture develop. And that's exciting for me. Well, I thought there was a point in the game today. And the game was over at this point, so I'm not going to say it was a, a turning point in the game. But for me, it just felt like another play where you say, okay, maybe this Phillies team is different. I believe it was either the bottom of the six or the bottom of the – or top of the six or top of the seventh. Nola was still pitching. There was runners at the corners, two outs. And it was at the point of the game where I think it was 8-1, to one, so they were going to win. But it was at that point of the game where every time Nola starts, you go, okay, he gets you five strong innings, and then in the sixth or seventh, he lets up a two-run home run or, you know, three runs, and then you have to – things get a little tighter. Runners at the corner, 0-2, strike, and he strikes him out, and he's out of the inning. So I thought it was another example of every time this Phillies team is like, uh – they come through and they show you to believe again. Yeah, so. I mean, and, and, and believe me, there's been a lot of uh, a, a lot of scars the last couple of years with this team. Yes, so you're, like, you're a scarred fan over there, Jack. Trust me, we can all see it in your tweets. So, so them being able to to do that stuff, I agree with you. It's 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 special. So if you're driving home from the Phils game, we'd love to hear from you. We'll always be down to talk Phils, but we are here. At Eagles training camp, at the open practice, we are 40 minutes away from from this thing kicking off. And Elliot, just in reading your tweets, the other beat yeah. writers, I kind of went into this offseason, went into the season. They got A.J. Brown, and I'm like, okay, perfect. We have a modern offense. We have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and a good offensive line. They have weapons in a league that demands you to have weapons. It's it's one of the three things that actually matter in the league is having weapons at this point, mm -hmm. where, which has been a big difference. But after everything that I have seen, I want to be very clear about this. I have no interest in the Eagles coming out and turning into a 70%, 80% throwing football team. I want them to head into this year very simil similarly to how they ended last year. I want them to still be a run-focused team because the quarterback is not ready for that level of jump to where you can just put the game on his shoulders and he can take it over and he can feed A.J. Brown, feed Devontae Smith, feed Dallas Goddard, and have this big explosive, explosive passing offense because it's going to cost them games. It's going to cost them wins. And when you're talking about a team and you're talking about the expectations around them, the expectations are not sneak in as a seven seed and get blown out by whoever the one right. seed is. That's not the expectation for this year. The expectations for this year is division, double-digit wins, and winning a playoff round. It really is. And if you come into this year 
expecting Jalen like they did last year. Remember the Cowboys game, three passes down yep. or three, three running runs, down yeah. in down in Dallas, and you have that philosophy. You are going to cost yourselves wins. And I, I I know tonight maybe he'll put on the show and maybe he'll he'll make me eat crow right here, but he's not ready for that. He needs to be a game manager. Be what Alex Smith was. Be what Dak was early in his career. You have a really good running game. You have what you call an elite running game. A very, very good offensive line. Lean on that. Readjust your expectations. Do not focus on passing the ball and getting the ball down the field. Do what you do best and run the football to a division title. Yeah, so I completely disagree with you. And what I can hear in your voice and in your opinion about this team is hesitation about Jalen Hurts. And frankly, I can't blame you for that. This this will be your second time getting to see him practice tonight. We'll see how he does in 11-on-11. We'll see how he does in 7-on-7. We'll break it down as he does it. But if he looks like he has in the seven practices I've seen, it's going to be a sketchy passing offense this year. So I understand why you have that concern. But here's the reality. The Eagles are not going anywhere as a running team. Last year, I thought it was important that they made the playoffs because it was important for Nick Sirianni to set up a culture where players could say, okay, we can win with this guy. When they were 2-5, and five, I really thought they were at a point where if things would have unraveled, and don't kid yourself, they definitely could have unraveled when they were 2-5, and five, then we're potentially talking about, is Sirianni still here? Is he on the hot seat? All those things. So for one year, I could get down with the running offense helping them win. I could get, I could get behind that. I cannot get behind it anymore. And you know who else probably can't get behind it anymore? Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. There is no way. We're here at Lincoln Financial Field. There is no way during the games this uh, fall they'll be sitting here at the link in their box and saying, yes, let's be a running team so that we can win. There's absolutely no way that's what they believe in. And they're right to believe that. They should not want to come out and be a running team. If you look last year, two of the five, two of the uh, top five rushing teams, uh, rushing teams in the NFL made the playoffs, and only and none of them won a playoff game. The top five rushing teams combined for exactly zero playoff wins last year. If you look at the best passing offenses in the league, eight out of the top ten were in the playoffs. The Kansas City. Uh, uh, sorry, the Chargers were one of the ones that didn't, and they were basically in the playoffs. They, they got eliminated in the last quarter of the last game. So the way to win in the NFL is to pass the ball. And I cannot get down with this team going through another year of being a running team. It's not how you win in the NFL. It's not how the Eagles want to win. And frankly, it shouldn't be how they win. They have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. They have Dallas Goddard. They have good pass-catching running backs. Yes, even Miles Sanders, despite the fact sometimes he can be a little shaky. They have the offensive line to be a good screen screen team. This should not be a team that has to win on the ground unless Jalen's not the answer. 215-592. 9494. What do you want to see from the Eagles offense as the season opens up? Do you want to you want them to come out, try passing the ball, be one of these 70-30 pass differential, 80-20 pass differ- differential, or do you want them to be similar to last year? Come out and do what you think it takes for this team to win. Like I know I agree with you that passing in the NFL works and passing is going to be the thing that is eventually going to make this team win a Super Bowl, but that's not this team. And that's not this quarterback. Yeah. And what they are designed to be is a run-first team, even with Jalen. Jalen has to be factored into the run game. It's one of the things that makes him an interesting quarterback prospect is his ability to run the football. Why are we, why are we taking away what makes him dynamic just because you don't like it or just because the, the higher-ups with the Eagles think that you got to pass the ball to win? The reality is, is that the best thing for him and the best thing for this team to win games this year is 
is running the ball. And there's already some blueprints out there. You mentioned the teams with the passing, and, and I totally get that. But the Niners were a really good team last year. They have a similar setup. Jimmy G is obviously a winner. If Jalen Hurts is is the winner that we talk about, the winner that we hear about, right. why can't he do what Jimmy G does? Because he's is- not Jimmy G yet. That's why. Now, look, I think he could end up being better than Jimmy G. I think he has a higher ceiling than Jimmy G. But right now, Jalen is not a quarterback that can do what Jimmy G does. Jimmy G sits back in the pocket. He's very accurate. He's on time. Like Those are the two things Jalen has to work out. And they've had I've seen some improvement of that so far in camp. There have been maybe two throws, three three throws of practice where Jalen's in the pocket and he hits A.J. Brown over the middle in stride. So I see some starts of a semblance of an offense that can be like that, but that's not what they are right now. So, yes, the Niners, they're also the exception to the rule. Like, the way they win, they barely made the playoffs last year. Like, they're not a sustainable way to win, in my opinion. They also have Debo. Well, they also have a much, much tougher division. They had a tougher – Schedule last right, year. Right, but I'm saying, would, do, do you want to emulate the 49ers offense? For this team, yeah. But why? Like, I get what you're saying about Jalen's strengths, but it's just a waste of time. Like, they're just wasting their time until they can throw the ball. They, they, they can, you know, do the whole running offense thing. It'll be exciting, I guess, in the way that they'll win. But ultimately, it's not the way that they're going to win long term. They have to develop Jalen into a passing quarterback as well. They have to develop Jalen into a quarterback that can be the guy that runs that passing offense. And right now, that's not what I'm seeing. So, yes, you're right that ultimately maybe they're going to have to go back to the running game. And, look, I think they have the offensive line to run against almost anybody, but I do think it's going to be way tougher to do this year. If you look at last year, I know that teams knew in the final five, six, seven, and certainly in the playoff games, uh, they knew the last part of the season that the Eagles were a running team. But it's, hard, it's different adjusting in-season to a team than it is having an entire off-season to plan for the Eagles. Teams know how to stop the Eagles. They saw in that playoff game what Todd Bowles did to stop the Eagles, and not just stop them, to completely embarrass them. Like, the offense had no answers that day. Everyone loves to rip on Jonathan Gannon. The defense had given up, I think, like 17 points midway through the third or something along those lines. Like, they were kind of oh, keeping— Oh, the playoff game? Yeah. They were down 31 nothing at half. No, no, no. I don't think that's right because it wasn't the Rager punt at, in the third quarter where he dropped it. Regardless regardless of that, what I'm saying is— the, No, it definitely wasn't 31 nothing at half. You can live look this up. But the, the, the defense in that game was not the major problem. The problem in that game was the offense. They had nothing uh, to do. It was 31 nothing in the third quarter. Yes, yeah. exactly. It fell apart in the third quarter after the Rager punt. They, they were never going to win the game, but I believe it was 17 or 20 nothing or something. 17 nothing at half. Yeah, when Rager when Rager Donovan just the Donovan there it just is. Come on, man. That's why I'm the beat writer you need. Come on. But, uh, no, it's what I was saying was that game, I believe, showed the blueprint for the rest of the NFL on how you stop this Eagles offense. Now – just like the opposing teams have had all offseason to plan on uh, on how to stop the Eagles, the Eagles have had all, all offseason to counterpunch, right? This is on Nick Sirianni. This is on Shane Steichen. It's about bringing out with an offense that's, that, te- that the league is not expecting. If the Eagles come out and they are the same team that they were last year, my plus A.J. Brown, they're not going to be a playoff team. They are not going to run their way to the playoffs again. You can't bank on an easy schedule again to get you in the playoffs. You can't bank on being a running team because the league has shown 
that the teams that run the ball are not the teams that make the playoffs, and they're certainly not the teams that win once they get into the playoffs. 215-592-9494. Elliott wants the Eagles to start slow this year and come out throwing the football. They start 2-4. and four. He doesn't care as long as they're establishing find, the pass. I want this team to find a way to win long term. But have, have your expectations for the offense changed from everything that you've seen in camp so far? Absolutely, and I'm not afraid to say it. I know, uh, you know, when I was on uh, your show with oh, Mike yes. and John Marks. Jo- Johnny right? loves holding everyone accountable for every take they've yes, ever had. Exactly. Yes, exactly. But, look, I, I, I've gotten a chance to see these practices, and I think tonight if they come out and they're that same offense that, they, that I've seen so far, I believe the fans here are going to feel the same way. Like, I had high expectations heading into training camp. I, like you, thought, okay, this can be a much much more dynamic passing offense. I think A.J. Brown really complements all the pieces. I think Devontae's better because of A.J. I think Goddard's going to be a real problem for defenses because of A.J. and Devontae. But what I have seen is not a dynamic passing offense. Again, I've seen seven practices. They have one touchdown, one touchdown outside of the red zone. And that was against the second string defense, and that was to Jalen Rager deep. So unless you think their offense is going to be a dynamic passing attack because they're going to be able to find Rager deep, I have not seen a passing offense that, to me, looks sustainable. I do not believe that they're going to be able to dink and dunk their way down the field and get yak. That's Those are not the best teams. The best teams in the NFL are able to get chunk plays through the air, and I've not seen them do pretty much any of that in training camp. Yeah, but what they're, but what they're not doing in training camp is doing what their strengths are, which their strengths should be imposing their will on the defensive line, moving the ball down the field with the running game, and then let Jalen through play action passing. But that's what, not a sustainable way to run offense. Like that, that's the Niners issue got to the, with it. The Niners got to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game by having the same exact strategy. They had Debo Samuel. They yeah, had George Kittle. The Eagles are set up just like that. Just follow that blueprint and don't have this whole, oh, well, we got to pass the ball in the NFL today if you want to win. No, just win football games. I don't no, no, care but, but, how you do it. Just win football but, games. But the Niners, they, they had the one really good year. Outside of that, they've been pretty they much They got to the NFC Championship game last yeah, year. Yeah, but they were on the road for every playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. They got in as a wild card. Like, like the Niners themselves, why do you think they drafted Trey Lance? They got the draft straight lens because they eventually want to be a better pass. Throw the ball, exactly. but, they, but the Eagles don't have that right now. Right, but, but, but why can't we focus on winning now and then get the quarterback? Because they're not going to win now. That that's I think what the flaw in your in your statement is. I agree that they can be a seven win team minimum this year simply because there's so much talent. Right. I do not think this is going to be a four win football team. But I also don't think it's going to be a playoff team if they come out and they're 24th in the league in passing again. They're going to have to be probably a top 15 top 12 is passing a passing attack in addition to the run game for them to be legitimate like when the playoff comes we're sitting here you know pregame at the link hopefully if they get a home playoff game and saying okay this can be a team that can really win come playoff time like I get what I get that because you saw them do it last year you think okay that's a sustainable way to win it's not running the football is not a sustainable win to weigh and it's not a sustainable way to win in today's NFL and it's definitely not when you don't have a passing attack the teams have to worry about it all we saw what Todd Bowles did that's what opposing defenses are going to do to this offense so what you're saying is it does matter to you how they win it absolutely matters to me how they win. Two one, I, I don't see why it wouldn't matter to you. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot Shore Parks, Jack Fritz. We are live from Lincoln got Financial. Some, got some players starting to come out to the I know, field right now. I know. And, the, and the, the crowd's starting to file in here. Elliot, for the first time in a while, I can confidently say that I think the Phillies game will outdraw Eagles open yes. practice. I don't know, actually. I'm looking right now. It, it killed my soul the last couple <laughs> of years seeing that. I've seen a Jalen Rager. 
uh, uh, jersey, which has me excited. I guess someone's ready go. for a Rager breakout season. I believe that's a Jake Elliott jersey down there. So uh, the crowd's filing in here. Uh, you and I are excited. We get to see this team finally on the field together. Uh, listen, we need to see some balls down the field. We need to see. That's all I'm saying. Like, I get that people, you know, don't want to hear that Jalen hasn't been great in practice. But the bottom line is they have not looked like a dynamic passing offense. And for them to be a good team, they have to be a dynamic passing offense. 215-592-9494. We'll get to your calls on the other side. Do you want the Eagles to come out, try to pass? You don't really care about wins and losses. You need to make sure you can throw the ball, get it down the field, or are you okay with them coming out with a similar game plan to last year? That's where I'm at. I've readjusted my expectations for this Eagles team. And does it matter to you how they win? It's Jack Fritz. It's Elliott Shore Parks. We're live from Lincoln Financial Field. Excited to be here. We'll get to your calls on all of that coming up next. Welcome back. Jack Fritz, Elliott Shore Parks, live from Lincoln Financial Field. Jake Elliott out here getting some kicks in. One of the more reliable Eagles the last couple years. So so here's a question for you. Yeah. He's kicking it from about uh, the 15-yard line, so it's about a 25-yard kick or so. Yeah. How far out do you think you could make a kick from? Probably where he is right now. Like, frankly, nah. I don't have the most flexible legs. That's not surprising, I guess. Yeah, actually. no. It's always been an issue with me. Even was back, it an is- issue with pitching when well, you were a big time, you know? You know what my issue was? Is that my left leg was always super more flexible mm. uh, because I lifted my leg, obviously, to, to right. a lot. So there's a lot, like, I'm, I'm a bit off balance that way. Um, I don't know if you can break this down for me, but uh, how, how's the camp of Aaron Sipos going so far? You know, it's so funny of, like, all the people, all the Eagles players I get asked about. It's, like, obviously Jalen, A.J. Brown, Kobe Dean, you know, those kind of guys. I get a lot of Aaron Sipos questions. And here's a tough thing. Like, the punts look good to me. You know, like, I mean, he's kicking it. They're going high. Like, the times that they're practicing, you know, trying to pin them down within the 10 or 15, yeah. they've looked good. But I, I think the, the best – reason that you can say he's having a good campus there's not another punter in here. yeah like i, I well, thought he had a very slow uh and bad second half of the year last year and they brought in zero competition for him in camp and there's they've not done it since so. he was brutal at the end of last year it was like the first yeah. time i ever noticed a punter being really terrible um if i'm not mistaken though did they give him a did they guarantee his contract Sipos? No, yeah. I, I don't think so. You don't I'd have to look. They, they, but if, re- if they did, it's a very small amount of money. They're really locked in on, on Aaron Sipos. Yeah. But uh, we are live, obviously, here from the open practice. It's it's a big night. It, it, honestly, probably the, the most anticipated Eagle season in a while. Um, Definitely. It's, it hasn't been... It hasn't been the same buzz as 4 You know, like, A.J. Brown's definitely very good. T.O. obviously is, is different, you know, yeah. and that was a team that, you know, went to the NFC Championship games, and you felt like you were really just an elite receiver away from winning. And it's interesting. Like, the expectations are super high, but there's still no real Super Bowl buzz. And that surprises me because – Well, you know why it is. Well, I do know why why it is. It's just surprising that – you know, I believe this is the most talented roster since 2004. Obviously, the 2010 roster was really good. The 13 roster, when when even though we didn't know it heading into the season, ended up being really good. The 17 team, like I still think everything kind of came together and everyone played <laughs> out of their minds more than they were super talented. Well, you know what's funny about that team? I agree that like they were not look going into the year. I'm sure their over under was maybe eight and a half, nine and a half. I, I doubt it was higher than this roster, but 
what they did have was a lot of all-time Eagles greats that just happened that we didn't to be know in yet. their prime. Yeah, like like Fletcher Cox. Well, I think you knew these players were great, but like Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Like those players were arguably all in their prime that year. Uh, maybe obviously Jason Peters was not in his prime there, but he was on the <laughs> roster. And By the way, still still waiting for a team to call. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe it'll be the Eagles. I'll tell you this: the uh, last few days, and maybe this has to do somewhat with the offensive struggles, but. The last few days, Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard have not been practicing after they suffered a concussion in practice. So the first-team offense has been running with LaRaven Clark as their starting left tackle. As old as Peters is, as tough as the time as he's had staying on the field, watching LaRaven Clark Clark the last few days, I think Jason Peters will be a better option than LaRaven Clark right now. Wow, Elliot advocating for bringing Jason Peters back. Surprising. And I want to run this by you um, because, you know, part of – Part of what we do is uh, is just be honest with, with listeners course, and be yes. honest with people. And I got to be honest, the the thirst for Eagles football ever since they've won the Super Bowl, like hasn't been as I'm like, I'm not as hungry for it, you yeah. know, and I think it's going to take a little while for the for the whole Super Bowl thing to, to get over, because like for for every year leading up to 2017, it was like, is this the year? You had that thought of, like, is this the year? And I would, right. like, break down draft prospects. I would look at all the training camp stuff. Like, is this guy going to be it? Is he going to be a part of a Super Bowl roster? And ever since they won, that part of me hasn't been there. And I, and I wonder how the rest of the city feels about that. Well, so you've mentioned this before. I think it's, a, it's an interesting point. I mean, I, to me, post-Super Bowl, kind of the difference is I really feel like the Carson Wentz-Nick Foles kind of quarterback debate really changed a lot of things with, like, how people view the team. I feel like that became very uh, heated in, like, the debate on, you know, is should they have stayed with Foles? Is Carson the guy? And then really Jalen, you know, in 2020 became part of that debate. But I think you're right that it, it does feel different for sure. And, you know, earlier when you mentioned this is one of the most anticipated teams, you know, you didn't even mention the 2018 team, which was the team coming off the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was right? like a celebration, though. But that's what I mean. Like, to, like. To, to kind of, you know, back up what you're saying, like, I remember, I mean, night one of, you know, week one, they, I believe they opened against the Falcons, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was and where, they, that's where, uh, where uh, Malcolm said, I'm glad they booed us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they brought out, it rained, they had the fake Super Bowl. Seltzer trophy. had to rush on the air. Oh, did he? Okay, yes, I've never, he did. I've never heard that story. <laughs> Hardworking James. Yep. Um, I'm sure he was tired after. But, uh. <laughs> No, like, I I, uh, I do think that ultimately when you look at the 2018 season, it wasn't as anticipated. Probably you're right because there was that Super Bowl kind of buzz of, of having them won it. But I think this year is the most anticipated season, at least since I started covering the team. And I started in around 2012 was my first uh, you know time going to the games and covering them. But I think the addition of A.J. Brown, and I think that coming off of last year, the surprise playoff uh, – trip to the playoffs last year people were so mad at this team right like yep. i remember doing this uh show last year from the link and like people wanted how he fired people thought sirianni was a puppet you know like all, all these things now people seem to really believe in mostly everybody on the roster like uh, there's certainly some jail and uh skepticism out there and i think until he plays at a high level there, there will be and fairly so but i do think people believe in howie i think that more people believe in nick certainly than they did last year mm-hmm. and so i just think there's more of a belief in the team and then you add an aj brown you add you know jordan davis into kobe dean and people are really excited i mean look practice doesn't start for another half hour or so and i would say the lower bowl is getting like 
you know, I don't know, halfway full. Like, it's getting close. Like, there's a lot of people here ready to see this team. Speaking of which, uh, Mike Quick walked in and, yeah. and, and shook his head. So I would say, like, he's, you know, this is his booth in Merrill. Yeah, I don't know if he thinks that we are uh, <laughs> we're off to it. He wasn't excited to see the two uh, millennials sitting in uh, yeah. sitting in the Maryland Mike booth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, in talking to Mike Quick last week, uh, he holds his golf st- golf game to a very high standard. Does he? Like okay. he shoots, he, he shot like an eighty, and he's upset. So let me ask you this: I, I'm not a golfer. Yes, I've never played a round of eighteen. Frankly, I don't think it looks that hard. But regardless, well, it's hard to be good at. It's not hard to hit the ball. Well, so this one ask you, like, what's a good score? Like, I I hear people say this all the time. Like, oh, I shot an eighty. I think Ike said he shot like a ninety-two, maybe 92, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, like, like, what's a good score? In a, in a uh, I would say in the eighties is good. And eighties is really good. Yeah, I would what, say what a professional shoot like seventies. Seventies, okay. Low low seventies, mid sixties. If I went golfing. Like with you know coworkers, if you and Ike were ever nice enough to invite me, you mm. know no, no problem. Mm. Like what would be a, a, a non-embarrassing score? One ten. Okay. I a one ten. I think I could do the that. The camera who apparently plays a good amount of golf is around a one ten, which is really goes to show that his athleticism is well, vastly say, overrated. I asked you to give me a non-embarrassing score, and you backed it up with the camera score. So I don't know, if, frankly, that is uh, the, the <laughs> number I was looking for. <laughs> on what I, what I would be shooting for. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot and Jack. We are live here from the link. And we open the show talking about this Eagles offense and how I have readjusted my expectations. I have I had dreams that we were going to head into the year and it was going to be a throwback 2017, 30-plus yeah. touchdown passes, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, a good offensive line. And they were going to go back to, to throwing the ball. But the more and more I realize and the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that that is going to lead to losing football. And I, this season is too important. They need to get off to too good of a start if their expectations are division, winning a game in, in the playoffs, getting a home playoff game here, to, to worry about, oh, we got to pass the ball because that's how you quote-unquote win in the NFL. The Niners have been one of the most successful teams in the league for the last couple of years, and they've done it by running the ball primarily and letting Jimmy G just be a game manager. Like If we, were, if we as a fan base – could all just come together and, and, you know, just come together and agree on one thing. It should be that Jalen should just be a game manager. And it's going to be hard to move on from him. If Jalen's your guy, if Jalen's a guy that you want to be the long-term answer at quarterback, it's harder to move on from him if they're winning games. See, but I actually don't view Jalen as a game manager. I think Jalen has a high ceiling. I think if he can correct the things that he struggles with right now, and look, it, it, he's going into a second full year as a starter. So I am not sitting here. I, I mean, I think even you, who I think is probably a little more skeptical about Jalen than I am, you're not completely writing him off either. I don't think really anybody that we talk to besides like Mad Mike and KOP like completely writes him off. But when you say game manager, I don't think Jalen fits that description just because, like, at this point, his best plays are off schedule. Like, Jalen's at his best when the play kind of breaks down. He gets out of the pocket. He can scramble or he can throw on the run. I think some of his best plays last year, I think of a big third down in Washington late in the season where he got out of the pocket. I think he found Greg Ward for a big third down to kind of help seal that that win like I think Jalen in terms of a game manager is not that at all and you keep bringing up the Niners like the Niners were 12th in the league in passing last year and they were seventh in rushing so they were not like this heavy run team that the Eagles were the Eagles were first in rushing and 24th in passing like there's a much larger discrepancy so I get what you're saying that the Niners don't have a dynamic quarterback and they are a team that kind of dinks and dunks their way down the field to a certain extent like the Debo runs Debo in the flat like all those things George Kittle 
certainly makes big plays down the field sometimes, but as a tight end, he's not, you know, getting behind the defense for 40-plus yard completion. So I understand why you'd want to use them as a model, but I think the Eagles should have a higher expectation for this team and what they can be than the 49ers. Despite the fact that they've had playoff success, the Niners have not been, like, a great team you want to emulate, in my opinion. You want to emulate the teams that win throwing the ball dynamically, and, and that's how they have to win. Yeah, but 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 you also have to set your quarterback up for success. And what I feel like the Eagles are doing in camp right now is, you know, you, they're trying to make him a pocket quarterback. And ultimately, you know, with, with Donovan back in the day, and I don't think Hurts will be Donovan. I don't think he has the arm for Donovan, whatever. I don't think he has the arm strength. By the way, your boy Jonathan Gannon just walked out. Yeah, he's, he yeah. hugged Merrill, which is good. It's a good touch. Yes. Um, but, you know, with Donovan – what they what they tried to do in like I don't know oh three oh four was like just just be a pocket quarterback and it didn't make him as dynamic of a weapon mm-hmm. and he wasn't able to run and, and all of that. But when was their best season? Two thousand four when he had to. Yeah, okay, um, well that's what I'm saying. No, but like, but the, but what 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 limited Donovan was they tried to make him in the pocket and it took away a little bit of what made him special and the same thing happened to Carson. I mean when Carson tore his ACL knee all of that. They tried to make him a, a, a purely pocket quarterback. We had the whole LTBB, let the yes. Bronco buck. Don't make him this pocket quarterback. you got to let a quarterback do what they do well. And what Jalen does well is get out of the pocket, play action, hand the ball off, and game manage his way to win. Let me ask you this. If they're the same team they were last year, the same team, are they making the playoffs and winning a playoff game? I think they have a better chance if they go with that route than being a 75-35 split passing to running. See, but in the long run, I just can't get behind that. Like, where I think you're making a good point is I do not believe if they throw it 75% of the time, they'll win as many games as if they run the ball, right? Like, but ultimately, I think right now, until the passing game improves, the ceiling on this team is relatively low. Like, the Eagles are a weird team in the way that I think they have a high floor, but I think their ceiling is also relatively low. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. Like, I think it's pretty clear the Eagles are going to win somewhere between – I was going to say like seven and nine games. You can maybe convince me between eight and ten. I think the over-under of nine and a half, which people kind of just look past, is if they're definitely going to hit the over. Like, I'm not sure about that. I really think right now what I've seen in camp is an eight or nine win team. But they're not going to get to be that ten or eleven. I mean, look, you talk to callers every day uh, on the air. I don't think it's a stretch to say a lot of people think that, that this team could win 11, 12 games. Like, that feels like where the fans are at. And that's not where the team is at, though. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. What do you want to see from the Eagles' offense this year when they come out? Do you want to see them passing the ball heavy? Are you with me that you care more about winning and you think the the best chance for this team to win early is by running the ball and being similar to last year? Let's go to James in Orlando. What's happening, James? Jack, what's up? Football season's here, but before we talk football, let's just say, how about them Phils? Oh, who let the Phils get hot, pal? Who did it? Eleven and twelve. I know, man. Oh, man. Oh, it's good I'm to have. Excited. It's good to have the Phillies back as the best team in the city again, isn't it, Elliot? I mean, look, the excitement in Jack's voice when we got here today was very much Phillies related. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Elliot, I just wanna, I just wanna ask you, like. I saw your tweet the other day, and you thought the Eagles could be possibly a top-five defense in the NFL. And so how much of the defense being that good in practice is limiting Jalen Hurts when he's throwing the ball? 
It's a great question, and I'll be honest and say I don't think anybody knows the full answer to that. I do know that in practice they are showing the Eagles offense a lot of different looks. A lot of times teams don't do that in training camp. Jalen is seeing some multiple fronts. They're switching between a 3-4 and a 4-3, and so I think that's part of it. But I ultimately, when I watch these practices, like I don't see – I don't see consistent accuracy. I think a really good example of what I've seen from Jalen is uh, the last time I watched him practice, which I think was two days ago at this point, or no, it was yesterday. There was just a simple out route. A.J. Brown was open, and he was like maybe seven, eight-yard pass, and Jalen just missed him by like two or three yards. Like, there's still that inconsistency. So I think you're, you're right. Like, the defense could be a part of it, and we'll find that out. But I'm not seeing a, uh, a, a great showing from Jalen. Well, I mean, if and then – you know, if we go with Jack and what Jack is suggesting, and you have a game manager, you know, you have a top five defense, that doesn't mean you can't win a Super Bowl or even win 11 or 12 well, games if you have a game manager this, and a good defense. Let me ask you this. What do you think of Jonathan Gannon? Well, I sort of agreed with you last year with, okay. you know, there were a couple of games, yeah, you know, he had to make adjustments. You really shouldn't adjust. But overall, with the personnel that he had, you know, I think – you know, he was able to make a somewhat decent defense to, you know, limit as much damage against bad quarterbacks. Now mm -hmm. we have a defense now, and so now is the time to show with the personnel, can he make that next step and, you know, stop good quarterbacks, and I think we have the personnel to do it. And, you know, I'm willing to give Gannon a shot. You know, show, show, me, show me what you got, Gannon, because, you know, he could – if he can stop – good quarterbacks you know then i think that will be like that next level that we can just be a game we can have a game manager and quarterback and have a really stout defense so i i sort of believe that gannon can do that um i hope he can do that especially if you know jalen and the offense is you know looking the way they they are in practice all right, James, appreciate the call. Yeah, yeah appreciate the call, man. Uh, Gardner Minshew just ran, ran onto the field to a rousing ovation. People excited about the shagging wagon. Yeah, Jack Jack couldn't help himself. Gardner, by the way, also not having a good job. No, I know. At all, yeah. And I saw my guy, uh, Carson Strong, walk onto the field. Yeah. Can I get a deep ball, kid? Can I get one deep you, ball man. where I see it go 70 yards down the field like I watched it in Nevada? His arm is not as strong as you as you maybe think it is. Well. This is what I've seen. I'm excited for you to see, see you uh, – <laughs> See what you think of him tonight. But, look, I will say, like, players are starting to get out there. All, mostly all the quarterbacks are out there. So Reed Stinnett, your guy. Yeah, Reed Stinnett might have the best arm in camp. Uh, we're going to uh, – uh, Phil's jerseys. We got Phil's jerseys. But you can't help I yourself. wonder how many people have made the double dip today. It's a great double dip day. It is a great double dip day. It's a little hot, but I will say, in terms of uh, going from one to the other, it would be awesome. I will say, uh, James bringing up the Phillies made me start sweating again. A little bit. Yeah, I, I can hear it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 215-592-9494 on the other side with camp kick off coming up here at 7. We'll give you what we're looking for tonight and get to more of your calls. Have you readjusted your expectations for the Eagles passing offense? I have. Get back to running the football. Jalen could be a game manager and win football games. It's all that matters. It's Jack. It's Elliot. Live from Lincoln Financial Field here at the Open Practice on 94 WIP. Welcome back, Jack Prince, Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, ready to go as always. Locked in. 
got my tab, my, I know. Uh, my tablet here. I'm ready to write the stats down. I know. I mean, people got to be excited. You know, they they get to hear you take pen to paper and, yes. and chart these these passes and, and everything. So that's coming up here in a few minutes, up here around 7 o'clock. Uh, Nick Sirianni speaking right now. He's wearing a Kenneth Gainwell shirt. Where do you find a Kenneth Gainwell Eagles yeah, shirt? Yeah, so let me say this. I am all in on the T-shirt wearing by Nick Sirianni. I know people think it's silly. And, look, the Beat Dallas one last year backfired for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it was also a great example of, like, how much results dictate how people feel about things. Because had they beat Dallas, that shirt would have, like, sold out in 48 hours on the Eagles website afterwards. So, yeah. I mean, we know how dog masks worked here. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, yeah, that's a great <laughs> – yeah, exactly. But he had a Quez, a Quez Watkins shirt on a few practices ago. He's worn a Lane one. He had on a Well, Jaylen speaking Hurst of Lane, he's walking on the field now after Sirianni's called him the best right tackle in the world. Yes, best right tackle in the world. Just walked out there. Isaac Sayamalu's now on the field. Uh, no practice for Javon Hargrave tonight. See if we'll get an update on why he's not out there. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the linemen out there right now. Zach Paschal uh, out on the field and uh, – we, well, how, what is it, the saying you say, the, the Donovan chest pad? Is yes, Donovan that? chest right. pad, yep. I think I might have to do a Donovan chest pad on Pascal. When, when they signed him, I was not high on the signing. Uh, I mean, look, at that point they hadn't acquired A.J. Brown, and Pascal didn't, to me, seem like a dynamic well, at that point, to the passing game. At that point, their uh, number two receiver is Quez Watkins. Yeah, so I think things were a little <laughs> different. But I'll tell you, man, Pascal, I, I, did, I watched him in Indianapolis somewhat. I mean, I saw highlights after they signed him. He looks way faster in person than I thought. Like, to me, he reminded me of this, when they signed him, of almost like a J.J. replacement, like someone who's going to block, who's going to, you know, catch short passes. And look, in, in Indianapolis, that's kind of what he was. He was a great red zone threat there. But seeing him out there the past few days, now that he's back from food poisoning, he looks really fast out there to me. So I'll be interested to see what you think of him tonight. But I think uh, he looks like he could be. Now he's going to be the number four receiver. But he looks like he could be a, uh, a welcome addition to the offense. We'll give uh, some thoughts here on what we want to see tonight. Uh, Jordan Davis just walks right onto the field. He's big. He's a, he's a really big kid. Let's yeah. go to Nick in Chester County. What's happening, Nicky? What's up, fellas? What do you got on, for man? us tonight? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying the Phils. That's yes. it, the Phils. Uh, yeah, and then, is. quick question, Elliot. Uh, is Smitty practicing? So uh, I would be surprised if he is uh, practicing. Uh, I'm looking out here right now. We're up in the booth. It's a little hard to see the numbers. I don't see him out uh. here yet for better or worse. Oh, no, here we go. Actually, this is great timing by you. Devontae Smith just walked out on the field. No helmet, no pads. It looks like he won't be practicing. All right. Well, not too bad. But, um, Jack, what you said about, like, how you don't quite get that same fire ahead of every uh, Eagle season, yeah. I – I, I disagree. I think the Super Bowl sort of did something um, where, like, now I feel like because of that 2017 team, and I'm, I'm like, even a lot younger than, like, you guys are, but, right. like, when that team won, like, that team taught me that, like, if you have good, solid players and, you know, if you're great where it matters, like, you can win a championship in any sport no matter, like, what the – expectations are or what your you know win total uh, uh projection is and like i didn't really have that sense before because like i mean jack you know like with the fills every year like there's nothing worse oh. than when you go into a season and you just know your team has no shot and like yeah, that eagles the, team the 2017 like, uh the 2013 to 2017 fills are not a fun time to, right. to, to be us it's, yeah exactly and like that that 2017 birds team like we knew they were going to be decent 
And, like, we hoped they would take that step. But, like, when they won the Super Bowl, it was like, whoa. Like, that just kind of happened. And so now, like, every year I'm like, you know, like, we have Embiid. You know, maybe we can do it. We have Harper. You know, we can do it. So, like, that sort of – Who on the Eagles makes That team kind of changed my mentality. Is there there anyone on this team that has the same feel as Embiid and and Harper do? I mean, no, but it's well-rounded, you know. Like, you have have guys who have – won championships in college you have guys who have made pro bowls you have guys who have been in the league for a long time at every position and i think you know i know there's a little bit of a deficiency at quarterback or there might be we'll see and then head coach you're still you know curious and you're curious with the whole coaching staff but like i mean i think you look at the schedule i think you look at what they did last year i think you look at what they added and i think you look at your division rival in dallas and what they didn't do and i think they got a shot yeah, Nick, I appreciate the call. I mean, they certainly do. I guess my thing is, I, I can't believe I get to finally pull this card. But as an as an older Eagles fan, Man, it is. Um, well, it's funny. He said, "I know I'm younger than you guys," and I'm like, "Wow, are we old now?" No, no. Uh, but I guess, like growing up, I had the thirst of the the Ike Reese led 2000 yes. to uh, That's like how many refer to them the, the 2004 Eagles, where it was like. Oh, my God, another NFC Championship game lost. Uh, and then they got there, and they lost that Super Bowl, whatever. But that really got the whole thirst for, are we ever going to see one? Yeah. And, and 08 happened. It was, it was fun, but the run kind of came out of nowhere. And then ever since that, it was like, are these the right guys that are going to bring us a Super Bowl? And, you know, it's interesting, Elliot. I, I think that the Super Bowl has almost taught us what wins and what doesn't win. You can see who can play and who can and who can be on the field in those moments. Like, it's made us a, a smarter fan base to where we're not just, you know, putting on our green goggles and saying Jalen's making a, a Josh Allen leap. Or well, yeah. but Some people do do that. But I'll say, like, I think the – if do you agree with me that the fan base has gotten more realistic post-Super Bowl? No. How? I, I don't. I mean, I, I think, like – and I'm, this is not a shot at fans at all. I always feel like Eagles fans – look, to your point – in every fan base, there is going to be a subsection that is just – and there's nothing wrong with this, but it's just going to root with them, root for them and believe for, in them no matter what. But I always feel like Eagles fans have always been a group that is very honest about where the deficiencies are at in the roster. I mean, look, for years it was <clears> – <throat> excuse me. For years it was they needed a receiver, right? And then they got T.O., and then obviously that worked out. Then there was, like, cornerback issues. The cornerbacks are better now. So I get your point about how, like, uh, post-Super Bowl it's a little different, but I do actually think – Eagles fans are are very aware of what the deficiencies. Well, are. and but last year, I guess the one example for me is that last year, heading into the playoff game, it never felt like it was like a real playoff week. You know, it didn't feel as hype as you would think yeah. a playoff game would feel. Well, and you know, the the caller mentioned how with Harper, you know, you feel like the Phillies can do it, although he's not even playing right now, and they're still uh, better without Harper. Yeah, two one five five nineteen ninety four ninety four. Um, Joel Embiid. But what's funny is like the Eagles are the ones that get the closest all the time. You know, like, the Sixers haven't beat. They haven't been close to a title. They haven't been out of the second round. Like, Phillies haven't been in the playoffs with Bryce Harper. So, although the Eagles probably don't have a player right now that's at the level of a Harper or an Embiid, they have great players, but they don't have those type of players. Mm-hmm. They are the team that get the closest consistently. By the way, A.J. Brown walked onto the field a couple of minutes ago fist-pumping uh, and getting the fans all riled up, which I always love. I love Such seeing players. Already, I know. know. Uh, real quick, Elliot, uh, what, what kind of things are you looking for tonight? It's a big night. Fans are here. Yeah. The lower bowl, I'll say, is is pretty much filled up, which is good to see. Never a doubt. I mean, Eagles fans show up. It's what we do. doesn't matter if it's, it's a practice or whatever. People want to see this team, so I love that. What are you looking for tonight? Howie's walking onto the field right now. Don't hear the cheers, which is a little disappointing. A little surprising. I think Howie was expecting some cheers, to be honest. <laughs> he he does love to walk down that chain, right, like down the sideline right there before, uh, before games. He did his little pregame walk. 
He deserves some cheers. I mean, he had a good offseason. You're cheering sure. from the press box. We all know. Yeah, yeah there it is. Um, so what am I looking forward to tonight? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it. Like, I want to see a dynamic passing offense. I want to see them against the first-team defense move the ball 30 yards down the field through the air. I think tonight, with I'm, I am sure of this, Sirianni's going to run some competitive drills, 11-on-11, 11 11, first-team versus first-team, and especially with fans here. Like, let's see the offense do it. I understand the potential. I understand that maybe they're going against a top-five defense, although I think that's a bit strong. But regardless, like, I need to see it with my own eyes. And the fans here tonight need to see with their own eyes what this team can look like. I get that it's early in training camp, but the season's about a month away at this point. Like, it's coming up. So I certainly want to see uh, more from the passing game. Now, besides that, what do I want to see? I've been very interested in the running back rotation throughout camp. Miles Sanders has been working a lot with the second team and the first team. He's he not has, happy about that, by he, the way. He, well, he's not happy that people are talking about it. I don't know how, <laughs> how he feels about it. Yeah, here comes Sirianni out here right now. He does have the Kenny Gainwell uh, shirt on. So, look, tonight, Gainwell, is he going to be with the first team offense the majority of the snaps? When they throw the ball to the running backs, who's catching it? Is it going to be Sanders or going to be Gainwell? One of the most interesting things in practice in the seven days I've been at so far is watching how they've rotated these guys. And I do think part of the reason that they're rotating is because they only have five backs in camp. But you can't tell me that last year when Miles Sanders had 67 carries in training camp and none of them were with the second team, and now he's basically 50-50, that that doesn't mean anything. So who do they trust in big spots? On third down plays tonight, of which they will practice, who's out there? Is it Gainwell or is it Sanders? I think the running back rotation is a really interesting thing with this offense. They're playing dreams and nightmares. So that's a pretty good sign. Yes, they're getting ready, yeah. Yeah, which is which is good to see. I'll say this, Elliot. Um, I'm excited to see the corners versus the receivers. You know, I don't get to see that. A lot of fans don't get to see that. Well, one v one versus one tonight are always very exciting with the receivers versus the corners. Yep. I mean, it stinks that Devontae won't be out here, but, you know, one of the big buzz uh, from camp so far has been how good James Bradbury looks. I'm excited yep. to see what that looks like in person. That's the one nice part about them being at the link is that you can fully see the pat like at camp, it's kind of hard to see. Yep. Here, you get the Here rise of the crowd. You hopefully Hurts throws the ball down the field. So, uh, I'm excited to see that. This is nerdy, uh, but I really want to see who's returning kicks. I well, it's funny you bring that up because my next one was going to be Britton Covey. Now, coming into camp, I know fans are excited about Britton Covey. I refused to allow myself to buy into the fact that he was going to make the team. I thought he was too small. I didn't think they valued a, ki a kick or punt returner enough. So I understood the hype, but I was not allowing myself to buy in. I'll tell you, he is having one of the best camps of anybody here just in terms of from where he started to where he's been. When he first started in camp day one, he was getting pretty exclusively third-team reps. He was almost always with the third-string quarterback. Last practice, uh, he was with the first team. Now, part of that is uh, Devontae is not practicing. But I saw Quez get some second-team reps. So I think Britton Covey is actually working his way up. I don't think he's on the roster just yet. But I think he's working his way to becoming someone that is going to potentially make it. Preseason games will be big for him, and tonight will be big for him too because I do believe in front of these fans, Sirianni's a big competition guy. Like, I think he's going to be very interested to see who steps up and makes a play in this kind of environment. Britton Covey's going to be the best Eagles returner since 2014, Darren Sproles. I, there it is. I'm in on Britton Covey. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does tonight. And I just want someone back there that's not Greg Ward. I could just, or Jalen Rager. Yes, well, Rager is, is definitely not great back there. 215-592-9494. On the other side, we will kick off Eagles practice. Elliot, it's, it's exciting to be here, man. Like It is great to be here. Yeah, we it's will, getting exciting. 
We will bring you all the live plays, all the big plays, the oohs and ahs. Hopefully Hertz is, is throwing the ball down the field and we get some big explosive plays. But also, the one big question that has seemingly emerged from training camp, what is it? We'll get to that coming up next. In addition to all of your calls, it's Elliot, it's Jack. We are live from Lincoln Financial Field here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Live from Lincoln Financial Field, it's Elliot Shore Parks, Jack Fritz. Looks like Eagles open practice is about to kick off. Everyone's on the field. It's weird. Seems like everyone but the quarterbacks are stretching. Yeah, well, they're throwing the ball. Yeah. yeah. Well, I this know. is normal warm-ups. I will say, looking at it, they are uh, they are stretching. So practice is was set to start about seven o'clock. I guess we'll see if they go uh, how long they go tonight, right? I think in front of the fans and they practices have been longer since camp started. I know day one was fifty-eight minutes. People were very upset about that, but they've been pretty consistently going about an hour and a half uh, the last few days. So I think with fans here, you'll probably see potentially a bit of a longer practice they were off yesterday if i'm not mistaken so they're coming off of uh or no sorry they were not off yesterday they practice they're, yesterday. They're, they're off tomorrow i should say so maybe tonight you will see a bit of a longer uh, practice yeah and and the lower bowl is is pretty much all filled up at this point you know yeah. you have that uh looks like some people in the in the upper deck which is interesting to see it's a real uh, fan move merrill reese and mike quick have sat down they look like they're thrilled that we're in their booth taking their seat yep yeah. just just trying to just trying to honor them as best as we can yes they're going to be doing this for a very long time but i'm sure uh you know merrill has always said if one person could replace him it's you so I'm yeah sure he's excited yeah he sure has right. yeah and football man, guy jack Fritz. many times he has said that just like you're the next dinger many said than most are saying i want to i want to throw something by you really quick yeah. actually just throwing this to you on the fly so I'm going to read you what I have for Jalen Hurts through seven practices this year and then seven practices last year and tell me if you think it's interesting concerning or I'm completely wasting my time by tracking these ready so seven practices this year 79 of 114 seven touchdowns and four interceptions and 163 reps last year's practice or last year through seven practices 86 of 118 Nine touchdowns, so more touchdowns, three interceptions, and, and 180 reps, so 17 more reps. Do you think it's concerning that he's thrown fewer touchdowns through seven practices last year than he did last year? I don't know. I year. guess it's not concerning from the standpoint of, of those, but the, the part that's concerning is that that's not suggesting that a big leap has happened. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, it kind of feels like he's on a similar trajectory to what he was last year. And for you, that's not good enough. Like you need this to be a, a, a dynamic passing offense. You need this to be yep. a team that can throw the ball at, at a high rate. You don't want to see uh, running the ball because you don't think it can consistently win. But, again, when we're talking about the quarterback strengths, the quarterback strengths is moving around, making plays with his leg, leaning on the running game, and, and, and kind of being a game manager. I mean, that's what – you know, a lot of people compare him to Dak Prescott. A lot of people comp compare him to Russell Wilson. You know, they won games by relying on, on other aspects of their team. It's not like they would go out and dominate, especially, you know, early in Russell Wilson's career. We know he won the Super Bowl by pretty much being a game manager. But the thing that kept those guys around 
is that they won football games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Cowboys, we know they, that Dak only has one playoff win, but they won football games. And if you want Jalen Hurts, if you're one of those people that want him to be the long-term starter here, then you don't want him to come out throwing the ball all the time because it's going to expose what he's not great at, which is being a dynamic passer. But you know when it's hard to move on from a quarterback is if he's winning football games. And you are a quarterback win stats guy. I'm a very guy. good quarterback win-loss guy. So, I, look – if they can win a playoff game or two with Jalen this year, obviously in that way, I guess I should say I don't care how they win it, right? If if they can, uh, you know, make the playoffs, win double-digit games, excuse me, make the playoffs, win double-digit games, uh, win a playoff game, like then yes, of course, I'll probably readjust how I feel. Oh, they're working on trick plays. I'm sorry, Elliot. They're working on a trick play. Jake Elliott <laughs> passing to Jack Stoll, I think. Yeah. Is that Jack Stoll? That's Noah Tongai. Noah Tongai, whatever. Yes. Uh, we're seeing trick plays to open up practice. Yeah. That's exciting. Went a little bit different than the <laughs> trick play against Minnesota. And uh, what was that? That 2019? was 19-18? I think it was 2019 or 20. It wasn't 2020 because I was No, there, so. there was people there. Yeah, there and, was people there. And yeah. it was right before half, and Doug just completely yes. had no idea what he was doing. Um, quick side note. Yes. Uh, it is looking back on, like, the post-Super Bowl era to, to now. Um, they used to fall behind all the time in those games. If I remember, like, 2018, 2019, and then 2020, I feel like it just kind of blocked oh, out. But yeah. like, it, didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah, they were losing all the time that season. But in 2018 and 2019, I feel like weekly I would get to these games and, like, they were down, like, 21-7 to 7 almost instantly. Well, they were that last year, though, too, as well. I mean, they it's not were, like, you're saying. Yeah, they were that last year. They were the same kind of thing last year. I mean, they, they felt like a lot of Jalen's stats at the beginning of the season were come from, come from behind from a sense. Yeah, kind of. But I think, like, you know, when we talk about the big expectations for, for this team and, like, what they can be versus what we think they're going to be, what always stands out to me about the 2017 team was, A, they got off to a good start in their record. Obviously, what were they, like, 8-2 and two at one point? Like, they, they got off to a really yeah, good start. Yeah, they were great, yeah. But they were 3-1, they were and one, like, after the uh, Giants win. Or that was week three. So, they were, like, 3-1, and 4-1. and one. Like, they really got a lot of confidence early on. And not only did they do that from a record perspective, they did that in games. And I feel like what the Eagles have really been battling the last few years is they consistently fall behind both on the field, like in the score when the game starts. But they, the last few years, they were 2-5 and five last year. 2018, they got off to a slow start. 2019, they got off to a slow start. 2020, it just obviously was a slow start, and they never recovered. I think it would be so important for this team to get off to a good start, not just in terms of obviously you want to win the games, but what I remember about 2017 was how confident they were. They yeah. felt like they would go out there and they could beat whoever was on that field. And I feel like I haven't felt that from an Eagles team in a long time. Well, and especially with how they are built. You know, if they can get leads and they can rely on the run game, they can let the big guys up front just kind of go and dominate. And you can let the pass rushers kind of go to work. So yes. we'll, get, we'll get to my one big question from training camp that I have for you and the listeners out there in one second. But let's go to Mike in Kansas. What's happening, Mikey? Hey guys, how's it going? Um, it's going after great, man. You guys, good, good. Now, if you're going to talk about Jalen Hurts and the offense, I'm, I'm pretty excited. But I had a question about the defense actually, and uh, mm-hmm. from what I understand about our boys on defense, they've improved at every area of the field. I think they might be, maybe a top five unit. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts on where they can possibly be for this year and how good they can possibly be after improving every single unit yeah. on the field on defense. It's a, it's a great question. Now, I think one thing you have to consider a little bit is they will be going up against bad quarterbacks. So when you talk about where they'll finish, I do think that they have a good chance to be a top 10 because last year, one thing Jonathan Gannon's defense showed was 
they dominated bad quarterbacks. Certainly against the big mm-hmm. ones, uh, the good ones, they struggled. But very few quarterbacks, besides like Zach Wilson for a quarter, really came out and played well against this defense that weren't considered good quarterbacks. So when I look at the the roster this year. The pass rush does look way better to me. When you look at the defensive line, not only did they add Jordan Davis, not only did they add Hassan Reddick, but they kind of also added Brandon Graham. They only had him for about a, a game and a quarter last year, so he's kind of a brand-new addition as well. They were 31st in the league in sacks last year. I was high on the defensive line going into the last year, and they let me down. So I'm holding some skepticism <laughs> until I kind of see it. But you're right that they've improved. But to me, the main thing they need to improve at, like where I'll really believe it's a great defense, is I got to see the pass rush get home more. I think last year the pass rush was very inconsistent. And with the new talent they have, sure. with how they're going to be lining these guys up, I really think that uh, that getting the pass rush home is going to be the what can make them a top five defense. Now, if I may, I mean, their pass rush was actually, I think, one of the highest like pass rush win, win percentages rate. for, I think, Josh Sweat, even Derek Barnett, and Josh Hargrave. So they, well, not, they weren't getting sacks, but they were getting pass rushes more consistently than any other defensive line in the league. But they weren't finishing. But I think people don't un, people underestimate how important it is to just get to the quarterback and disrupt the disrupt the flow of a quarterback. And I think they did that so well last year. And while, yeah, they didn't finish it for sacks, they, they crushed it in that area for sure, I think, last year in my opinion. Yeah, now well, I think what you said is interesting because you're right. They were one of the best pass rush one-on-one uh, win rate in the NFL last year. And I, I would counter that, I guess, in, in, in two ways. One, I just didn't feel watching them that they like they got consistent pressure. I know the numbers say it, so I believe it, and I think it's a good point by you. But I do think there were stretches last year where the pass rush disappeared. But two, I think actually the additions of cornerback this year of James Bradbury – will help them mm. too because last year Gannon kind of played off a fair amount, which then if you're winning that pass rush, it's easier for the quarterback to get it out quickly, even if you're in his face. You know, if there's no pressure, he can make those quick passes. So it'll be interesting to see if they play tighter coverage at the line and thus making the pass rush, giving them a better chance of, of finishing those uh, pressures for sacks. Awesome. And one last point before I head off here. I think Jordan Davis, I mean, people criticize his pass rushing ability, but that guy is such a freak of an athlete that I think – He's going to just kill it. I know he didn't play as much in, in Georgia that maybe he should have, yeah. and maybe his conditioning concerns were legit, but that man has an unbelievable – he's just a freak. He's just unbelievable in every aspect of defense, and he's going to kill it. I don't care what people say about his uh, his pass rushing stuff. Cause he, he can develop that. He'll be a stud regardless of how that works out. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, appreciate the call. Jordan Davis has been one of the standouts of camp. I mean, every time I, 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 I see the beat writers tweeting about it, it's like, oh, Jordan Davis this, Jordan Davis that. And I guess that's good. You know, you want to see, like, your, your top 14 pick in the draft come out and have immediate impact from day one. Well, let me ask you this first. Should I be jealous that you follow other beat writers and just me? No, I mean, according to Sheem yesterday, he followed 41. Yes, so, true. Right. So, so you're not up there yet. No, I'm not. I, I do follow them. You know, I, I have other friends besides you, Elliot. I well, don't think that's, like, the – the biggest deal in the world. Um, but Jordan, yeah. Jordan Davis. Yes. I'll, I'll move on emotionally from yes. the fact that you reference other beat writers right in front of me. But <laughs> Jordan Davis, I thought the point he made, uh, Mike made at the end of the call was interesting in saying that he can develop from what he was in, in college. I agree with that. And I, I think that when they made the pick, the reason I wasn't as excited about it was because I didn't think he could develop into a pass rusher. I looked at what he did at Georgia. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. But if you look at the two biggest games they played last year, the the title game and then the game before that, he was basically never on the field on third downs. When the, like the big downs, he was not on the field. 
And to be an impact player in the NFL, you have to be big on third downs. We talk about it so much with Jalen Hurts in terms of, you know, throwing the ball. Like third and seven and longer is where Jalen is going to earn that $40 million deal. If he can consistently make those plays, it's where Carson was so special in 2017. On the flip side of that, where Jordan Davis can be special is on key obvious passing downs on third down, getting pressure after the quarterback. And watching him seven days uh, – seven days of practice so far he looks like someone that's going to be able to do that maybe at georgia there were conditioning issues i don't know but watching him in practice and this is going to sound crazy he's like the skinniest looking 6'6 340 pound guy i've ever seen that's like good everybody talks about his weight issue i i would never if people weren't talking about it i would never think he looked fat he looks kind of like almost felt for like a uh, a, a big guy like I, I think he looks like he's in great shape and he looks like he's been doing a good job getting after the quarterback. Uh, I'll be interested to see in the preseason games where they can tackle, because I do think he'll play, seeing uh, how he's uh, how, how he gets after the quarterback. But I've seen a few plays in training camp where they've actually double-teamed Jordan Davis already. Well, and the hope is that, you know, as Fletcher Cox gets older, as Brandon Graham gets older, like yeah. that, that Jordan Davis can be that impact from day one that you can keep those guys fresher and should theoretically make the rest of the defensive line that much better. Well, real quick, yeah. you asked this earlier. We just were watching punt return turn right now Britton Covey I believe was the first one out to, up to return a punt so it looks like his uh, ascension onto the roster is continuing but the other thing about Jordan Davis that stood out to me uh, so far is you mentioned Fletcher Cox is going to be gone I think Jordan Davis this time next year is going to be one of the leaders of this Eagles defense wow he, he really he's kind of like what I thought N'Kobe was going to be N'Kobe seems a little quieter to me and I think he very much has leadership qualities but Jordan Davis, every time he talks, it's like he's dynamic. Uh, he shows leadership skills. He's extremely confident. I think sometimes with rookies, especially linemen, they can be a little shy early on. Jordan Davis came day one press conference, sat down, started with an opening statement. He comes to his press conferences now. He like you know almost pounds a table and go, all right, I'm ready. Let's talk. Like he's an extremely confident guy, and I think that going forward when there is a lot of turnover in that defensive line room he has the ability to be that leader now he has to be a good pass rusher otherwise it's not going to matter if he's a good leader or not but i think you've i've seen some of those qualities out of him yeah we're starting to see the quarterbacks thrown out here which is very very exciting i will say man aj brown's a freaking beast i mean he is just he is he is just strong i mean yeah. it's not to but it's pretty close so elliot uh one of the things that seems to be coming out of training camp is you know, this belief in Jonathan Gannon and this trust level in Jonathan Gannon, I know for you it's about time, this man. is one of your passion projects, yeah. that, that Jonathan Gannon's underrated, he's he's a great coach. Uh, a lot of people, including me last year, were, were not impressed. We have one drop early. This is not going great. Who'd you see drop it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, is that 38? Thir I believe that's Wheatfall. He's pretty far down the roster. I don't, I don't think <laughs> he's going to make the team. Never heard Dev of him. Devin Allen just caught a pass. Now, these are one-on-one. -on -one, these are not even one-on-ones. They're just running drills. Yeah, these are just warm-ups. But either way, these will not be charted. Quarterbacks are throwing the ball, which makes me excited. There you but go. With, with John and Gannon, it, it seems like the trust level has kind of gone up. Do you think that is justified? Are you in on Jonathan Gannon? Do you trust Jonathan Gannon? So it is funny to me that the trust in Jonathan Gannon has gone up. And I s simply believe this is because people want to explain away Jalen not having a good camp. I believe in Jonathan Gannon. I think he did a good job last year. I think the defense was better than the offense last year. I think when you look at the injury they had on defense the fact that the defense kept them in almost every game besides you know three or four of them was a good thing but it's just interesting to me that I heard all offseason and all last season Gannon's not the guy they should fire Gannon Elliot how can you believe in him and now Jalen's struggling and all I hear is well Elliot keep in mind they might have a top five defense this year so 
I think people should believe in Gannon. I do think he's a good coordinator. I'll be interested to see what changes he makes in uh, the back seven this year in terms of really – not really the back seven, I should say. More so the the, um, the secondary in terms of does he move his corners uh, up to the line more? Does he play more single high safety or does he still kind of show that two deep safety look that people viewed as more of like the passive style of defense? So that'll be interesting to see. But, no, I mean, I, I, I don't think uh, – I don't think fans believe in him anymore other than trying to explain away Jalen's poor practices. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, at the end of last year, it felt like there was a lot of skepticism around Jonathan Gannon and the job that he did last year. And you love to do the whole points allowed or points allowed thing. Oh, yeah, thing it's only the most important 10. stat there is. Right. Sorry I like to emphasize how many points a defense gave up. I know that's a very well, uh, there's just, there's analytical just, way to look at no, it. No, I mean, there's more to it. Uh, for as much as you and, you and Mike in Kansas were talking about <laughs> – Pass rush win rate. Who cares? Yeah. Well, 30, lots of people. Thirty yeah. first in the league in uh, in sacks last year, and I got to be honest. That's not his fault, though. I got to be honest, Elliot. I don't. I, I'm not buying this whole Jonathan Gannon. He's going to be great this year. He's going to get a head coaching job. All this. They got this whole excitement about him. Frankly, I don't understand. And the only thing that's going to get me even remotely to being uh, Jonathan Gannon can be a difference maker for this team is I, he's got to stop a good offense. I mean, yeah. or a good a good quarterback at this point. I mean, last year we all know that good quarterbacks. Him. Now, we know that also at some points he didn't have the right horses out there. Mm-hmm. But now you have James Bradbury, you have Slay, uh, you have uh, defense. I feel like Kaiser White. Like, I think that's a big addition at linebacker. And I think he, I think Jonathan Gannon, um, you know, it, it's so funny. They go from Jim Schwartz, who it felt like they didn't want to get players for him. Now Gannon's here, and he wants linebackers. And they're like, all right, well, let's go get you some linebackers. Exactly, yes. So I think that's, that's good. They want to see him kind of run his system, whatever. But until he stops a good quarterback, until I see corners, like in Bradbury and Slay's case, lined up and actually playing press coverage, until I see some version of an attacking style defense, like this whole Jonathan Gannon, like, love fest that's going on out of Eagles camp, why why are we doing this? I mean, first off, He's facing Jalen Hurts, who I don't want to sound. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking about <laughs> he, he was good against average quarterbacks last year. His yeah. defense is good against average quarterbacks last year. That's a good point. And against the, against the good offenses and the good quarterbacks, they struggled. So I, I, pressing, the, pressing the brakes on the J- Jonathan Gannon hype train. Well, he almost got a head coaching job. So clearly people around the league believe in him. But it, it is a big year for him. Um, I've heard people say this. And I think it's kind of the best way to phrase it. I think there's a good chance Jonathan Gannon is not back in 2023 because he'll either be a head coach or with all this talent on defense, he won't be good enough and they'll move on from him, right? Like, I don't think that's a wild thing to say because if he can turn this into a top five defense, he's going to get a job next year. The fact that he almost got a job this year really speaks to how highly people think of him because even though the defense I thought was better than people given credit for, obviously they were not, you know, week in, week out, a dominating defense. So, this year with all the talent, yes, there are going to be more expectations. And look, even week two, like, you know, if we want to kind of go game by game here, week two, Kirk Cousins, yep. Justin Jefferson, like that Vikings defense, prime time. I can only imagine the reaction if Justin Jefferson has a huge night against this Eagles defense, right? So there is a lot of pressure on Gannon. I mean, you know, hurts the most pressure of anybody in the building. But I think – most years, Howie's number two or, you know, after the quarterback. I think Gannon is actually right behind Hurts in terms of how much pressure is on him this year. 215-592-9494. Elliot, I see these quarterbacks throwing. Yes. And I got to be honest. There's a little part of me that wants to get out there and see how my arm would do. See how you could do. I mean, I topped out at 86 back in the day. I don't throw that anymore. No, I but I want to see how it translates to the football field. And I know Carson Strong's at a weak camp. 
but he's got a good I'm arm. I'm really man. excited for you to watch Carson Strong tonight, so you can just finally move past <laughs> this idea that he's maybe the guy. He's had the worst camp of any quarterback <laughs> here by far. Do not care. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's Elliot. It's Jack. We are live from Lincoln Financial Field. The open practices. Quarterbacks are throwing on the field. We are. We will give you all the live updates. You will not want to miss. Live updates, live charting. Yes, uh, play Elliot. by play. It's coming up. They're getting ready to do a team. Oh, it's going to be exciting. It's yeah. going to be exciting. But also on the other side, in addition to your calls on everything we've got going on tonight, have you readjusted your expectations on the Eagles passing game? Do you trust Jonathan Gannon after the reports out of camp about how good this defense looks? And also we'll play some training camp buy or sell off of some of the storylines that have come out of camp already. I'll throw some, I'll throw some of those at Elliott. And we'll play buy or sell coming up next as the quarterbacks are throwing on the field. It's Jack. It's Elliot. We're live from open practice at the link on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back, Jack Fritz, Elliot Shore Parks, live from Lincoln Financial Field. It's getting exciting down here. It looks like the first team offense, first team defense is taking the field. Uh, Nick Sirianni with a commanding presence. Looks like he's right outside the huddle. Yeah, and they're calling this drill the red zone jamboree. So I guess we what they just explained. And this is really what I love about Are we in gym class? Oh, my God. Just to, <laughs> let, 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 let a real football guy talk for a second. So what I love about these practices is he does things like this to make it super competitive. So right now the offense is on the 40-yard line, 40 yard, not their, the opposition's 40-yard line. So they're 40 yards out from a touchdown. Uh, and if the defense holds them to a three and out, they get a certain amount of points. If the offense get a first, gets a first down, they get a certain amount of points. And this is what creates such a competitive environment. All the other players are standing on the sideline. The only people practicing right now are in the drill. And it really does add, I think, to the intensity and competitiveness of the practice. Well, it feels game-like. It does. I mean, this does feel game-like. And athletes, like, you know, any athlete doesn't want to get embarrassed you getting, the, getting the adrenaline again as a former athlete? I really but, uh, am. Yeah. I really am. Jalen Hurts, I mean, can we do play-by-play? Play? That's oh, a big. That's this. a big game. Look at this. This is the dynamic passing offense I've wanted to see. Jalen Hurts drops back. I'm going to chart this. Obviously, yeah. first pass to uh, to Goddard drops back. Hit, hits Goddard back for what is about a 25 yard completion. One of the longest completions. Wow, they're going hurry Bosley. up, and they're going hurry up. Yeah. So again, like. This is what I want to see from the offense. When you say, can they be uh, uh, incompletion? There's there. an incompletion. Incompletion. So an old worm burner. They're back down to seven wins. But when, when you talk <laughs> about like how they're going to be a double-digit win team, it's exactly throws like that. It's Hurts from the pocket, hitting Goddard in stride, and adding on after the play. And so. to be honest, that's a throw he made a lot last year that I thought was good. You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a hurt skeptic, but he's really good at that throw. Again, don't go anywhere. We are literally breaking down the Eagles as they move down the offense. This is first-team defense versus first-team offense. I mean, well, they're, not, they're not tackling, but they're basically tackling. I mean, the Lions are, are doing yeah, what they do. Yeah, they're doing thud. They have, <laughs> there you go. The Lions are doing what they do. The, uh, they have on uh, their pads. So they are doing thuds. Here we go. Another uh, incompletion. So Terrible. One for three to start from Jalen Hurts after that dynamic first pass. Now, unfortunately. Well, but this is when it gets harder. And, and you're a guy that's talked about the touchdowns in practice. This. They haven't been able to really do well in this area of the field, right? Yes. No, yeah. And look, I think the first day in red zone, Jalen Hurts was a lot better than he has been uh, more recently in the red zone. They haven't been doing as much of it. About two practices ago, they did do two plays from the two-yard line, and he threw it once, and Miles. It was, I thought it was a poor throw, but Miles Sanders dropped it, and they didn't get it into the end zone. So, again, like last year, the Eagles actually got into the, the red zone quite a bit. 
and I think they finished around 8th or ninth in conversion rate. But you think about all the penalties that took points off the board from this team last year. Here we go. Jordan Davis, I believe that was, got to him. Now, he, he would have – he's running it in for a touchdown, but I believe in a game he likely would have been sacked there. Yeah, I agree. But still, I think for what it's worth, not to be, you know, Mr. Hurts hater, like I thought that that was a play where you saw his speed. Like I do think – and I think he said this when he was on with you guys, with uh, you, Ike, and John, yep. um, how he lost weight this year. Down and to 8.5% body fat? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get down to one day. But uh, I think you can see how much quicker he looks. Oh, Sirianni's giving him the touchdown because they have the uh, the kicking unit coming out there. I'll tell so. you what, he, looks, he looked quicker there. I mean, Hertz He does, is a, yeah. Hertz is a good runner, but I thought he – my thing with Hertz as the runner is that I never felt like it was explosive. I thought he could get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think there's a difference. Like, when I watched Lamar Jackson, I felt like that's an explosive runner. When I watched Jalen, I felt like he can get there. He's a good runner. But he's more like a smart runner, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think a, a couple of things. One, when Lamar takes off, I think, like, the opposing defense, it's, like, complete fear in everybody in the stadium, yeah. right? Like, it's like, oh, my God, he could really take this all the way. I agree with you that Jalen is more of a smart runner in the way that he really – and not that J Lamar's not, but I'm saying uh, Jalen – oh, wait, we have someone heading in. Is that uh, – we have a receiver heading into the tunnel. I believe it's A.J. Brown, but we'll, so we'll update you on that to see if he comes back out. But um, Jalen, I thought, did a really good – job last year of avoiding contact uh, I know he suffered an ankle injury at the end but that was in the pocket so I think you know when Carson was here we talked so much I mean Carson and then really Vic before him in terms of their basically refusal to slide and how they were always going to be someone that plays a play until the end like no you can you can do that and be smart and I thought Jalen did a really good job of that last year of avoiding contact at the end so right now uh, we have Gardner Minshew out there yep. and his first pass two. Britton Covey. There he is. I'm telling you, Britton Covey has really, really improved as camp has gone on. Coming into camp, I thought that he was going to be a long shot to make the roster. But he's I mean, he catches everything that's thrown Ooh. his way. Oh, here's a sack right yep. here. Who is that? I believe that's uh the the number is, is Oh, that? it's Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick is out there. Yeah, Hassan Reddick with the sack of Gardner Minshew. Uh, interestingly enough, it looks like he's maybe running with the second team defense, but they they shuffle guys in and out so Cause for concern? Sure. Yeah, two one five, five nine two. <laughs> yeah. Um no, but Britton Covey with the catch, and I thought coming into camp he was a long shot to make it, but he really does just kind of catch everything thrown his way. I can bring up the uh, stats in a second, but I believe he's caught around 80% of the passes that he's had thrown at him, and he's getting more and more with the first team. Right Looks now, like uh, A.J. Brown's running back onto the field, which is good to right. see. Disaster averted. A.J. Brown is, uh, is healthy. We got a flag here. Jalen Rager. On the field. Oh, Jalen Rager, okay. That's your boy, 83. Minchu with a, a completion to Noah Tongai. Who now, is it's weird they're not moving down the field like they were with the first-team offense. Yeah, so on the first play, I think they had him sacked, um, and so maybe they moved him down. And uh -huh. then, Oh, you know what it was, actually? With this last play, there was a flag, um, so they're, they're bringing the ball back. You how how jealous do you think Bill Belichick is of uh, not having Britton Covey up there? Oh, in, it's got to kill England. him. So it's funny, just to kind of set the scene here, we're at the link. We're in the booth of Merrill and Mike where they call the games from. They're right, sitting right, right next, next to, us. to us. is Merrill and Mike. <laughs> and as we try to do the play-by-play -play and we didn't realize there was a flag, it's really humbling to remember how great Merrill and Mike oh, are. I didn't see a flag. There. I didn't see a flag. There's All no right. flags here. And Another sack. And, man, I got to say, like – Gardner Minshew's been a disaster this camp. I mean, <laughs> everything we've read, it's like – like, 
for a guy that I thought actually had a chance after that Jets game, yeah. just just has taken a massive step back. It looks. Yeah, like. and I, I I think Jalen's way better than him. So I I, I think it's pretty clear there's not going to be any real competition. But what you saw in this last play, now there was against a second team offensive line, so certainly that has to be taken into consideration. But this D, this this Eagles defensive yes. line has been so good in training camp. I mean, it's probably every day where there's three to four plays that, if not are ruled sacks, would have been sacks in games. And you're really seeing it from all over. Hassan Reddick's been able to get after the quarterback on the plays where he goes forward and doesn't drop back. Brandon Graham, I think, has had a really good camp. I'll be honest, like I kind of wrote him off a little bit. I mean, at 34 years old, that bad injury. And that was wrong of me. Like, I think he's looked awesome uh, in this camp. Um, defensive line coach Tracy Rocker talked earlier in the week and said that it looks like Brandon has never even been injured. And I agree with him. He looks lightning quick off the ball. Uh, Derek Barnett has even had a uh, good start. Okay, so this is a good look. I think they're being a little more physical today, so you can see a little more of the yak. Jalen Hurts just dropped back and hit uh, A.J. Brown in stride yep. over the middle. It looks like they're giving him about a uh, – since they're not tackling, it looks like they're giving him about a, maybe a 12-yard completion. But, but what you saw there, I mean, that's A.J. Brown with the ball in his hands, and that's what made him a, a difference-making kind of wide receiver. I mean, yeah. he get the ball in his hands and let him kind of make plays after, after, after that. Like, that's what he paid him for. Now, see, see, that's a play that last year they did all the time. Like, th- like it's – again, I know the touchdown happened on the first drive, and that was nice. The first drive tonight you're talking. Yes, yes. with Jalen. But this yeah. looks exactly the same. Yeah, well, that's what I've been trying to say. So the the de- the offense to me looked like it in, in camp has looked like it has last year. Now, the difference is A.J. Brown is better after the catch than Jalen Rager is, and that can't be overstated. Like, it's important that now when they're throwing these, these quick patterns over the middle, A.J. Brown's running with the catch. I believe Zach Paschal is, you know, better than the fourth receiver they had last year. But ultimately, it's going to be a tough way to score. It just is. If you're going to have to play – you know, 10, 11 plays to get down the field. I mean, it was kind of Jonathan Gannon's defensive philosophy. For as much as people, you know, didn't like his passive style, they believe, and really a lot of teams around the league believe, that if you can make an opposing offense have to go 8, 9, 10 plays, they're going to make a mistake. And that's what this Eagles offense, what I'm worried about is, if they're going to have to run the ball, if they're going to have to do short completions, and then you have a quarterback that really isn't consistent, it's just a hard way to get sustainable offense throughout the game. It is. And, you know, uh, I've obviously been a, a proponent to them running the football. I will say this, though, Elliot. Their defensive line, you, you mentioned it a second ago, they do look fierce. Like, they just look faster than last year. Yeah. There is some, uh, like, the left tackle tonight is not even little Raven Clark. It's not, it's like the fourth string. I left think it tackle. is little Raven Clark. He's in there actually. now. Yeah. So the, look, first, the yeah. first reps were not him. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I think the Eagles the Eagles defensive line I think looks better than I thought. Like if my takeaways early from from practice so far is the defensive line looks much better than I thought they were. But the the offense again, it, it kind of feels like we're watching the same as last year. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting. They haven't ran the ball once. I mean, no. Jalen's had some design runs, but it seems like they really are committed to him. Wow. Wow. Did he hold on to that? Had to. There have. it is. That's, that's that long touch. That's that long passing offense. Now, look, we all knew it was a lock that Jalen was going to have a good practice tonight with all the fans able to watch. But in all seriousness, like that's exactly what you want to see from this offense. So what happened was they were at about like the 35 yard line, maybe the 30 yard line. Jalen dropped back. He hit AJ Brown down the sideline for the touchdown. AJ really good coverage. I think it was Bradbury that was on him. But uh, he caught it at about the two-yard line and fell into the end zone. It was a perfect throw. It was an absolutely perfect throw. He put it where only he could get it despite the tight coverage. 
and that's a promising play. Sirianni's going to feel good about that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's that's what you want to see. If you want to believe in this offense, drop that right into a bucket. 215-592-9494. Let's sneak in a call while the first-team offense is off the field. Let's go to Jack in Seattle. What's happening, Jackie? Hey, guys. First-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, you guys were discussing the quarterbacks a little bit ago, so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on quarterback Reed Sinnott and how he stacks up both against Gardner and Carson Strong. You know, it seems like he's – the report so far, he's had a very yeah. strong camp, so I'm curious if he has any – you know, the gap between him and Strong and how close he is to, to Gardner and, and yeah. taking that two spot. So, I'll hang well, up and listen. Thanks, guys. Go Birds. Yeah, well, first, Jack, thanks for calling. I appreciate you being a first-time caller. But also, you got to love a first-time caller calling in and asking about Reed Sinnett. That's how you know it's football training <laughs> well, camp time. And it's so Philly. It's I mean, it's, Philly, it's so yes. Philly caring about the back of quarterback. But Reed Sinnett, I mean, it seems like a guy that has, has impressed you a little bit. Yeah, so, again, it's all about, you know, kind of what you're expecting, right? So I'm not saying Reed Sinnett has had a better camp than Jalen. He's not at all. But I think Reed Sinnett is, of all the quarterbacks, probably the one that has outperformed the most of what I expected. Uh, he does have a nice arm. Like, now the Jalen touchdown right there to A.J. Brown was really impressive. But prior to tonight, there was really only two or three throws all camp where, like, I noticed the way the ball come out, came out of the uh, quarterback's hand, and they were both from Reed Sinnett. So, you know, he's definitely the number three. He probably won't even make the team, to be honest, but he's had a good camp. 215-592-9494. It's Jack. It's Elliot. We are live from Eagles training camp. I know we talked about some buyer-sells in Eagles camp, but then – Jalen Hurts and the first-team offense took the field, and it was really, really exciting. Do not go anywhere and get in if you want. 215-592-9494. We're talking Eagles. We are live from camp. Jalen Hurts deep to A.J. Brown for the touchdown. That is exciting. That's what people are looking for, and that is what is going to lead to a lot of wins here in South Philly. Do not go anywhere. It's Jack. It's Elliot. We're live from the open practice on 94 WIP. Welcome back, Jack Fritz. Elliot Shore Parks live from Lincoln Financial Field. Eagles open practice. Elliot, this 83 is all over the field. Just got another touchdown. Jack, this is what training camp's all about. It's about the guys at the bottom of the roster coming up and uh, having good camps. Noah Tongai, who's actually been here, I think, the last two years in terms of training camp. I believe the Colts had him for a little bit. But, uh, no, he's having a good day today. Gardner Minshew. Just took the second team offense down the field in a drive that, frankly, was not super impressive. It took them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine plays to get in from the 40 yard line. Uh, and they think they faced third down twice, but he did eventually get them in. Gardner not having a good camp so far. Uh, and I think that, that last drive kind of showed it. But Jalen is having a good day today. He really is. I mean, the first team offense has been up twice. The first time, I believe they went, Sirianni said that they were sacked, so they didn't get a touchdown the first time. But the second time, Passed A.J. Brown, incomplete to Quez, a run, but then a really, really nice long touchdown pass, uh, 35 yards, maybe not super long, but about a 35-yard touchdown pass to A.J. Brown that I thought was a perfect throw over great coverage. Now, what are they doing right here? Is this just... So right now they're doing seven-on-sevens. Um, for those that don't know, that's basically just cornerbacks versus receivers. And what you're seeing again, another pass to A.J. Brown. He now has one, two, three, three targets on the day, and he's really getting a lot of action Um this camp, I mean, you look at the wide receiver target breakdown, and Goddard is right there with him. Coming into today, they were both at about, I believe, 23 or uh, 24 targets in camp. But 
You look after that, Devontae, now who's missing a third straight day, but he was only, I believe, at 10 or 11 targets. Quez Watkins only is 10 or 11. So and AJ, Quez is on uh, – uh, Slay has Quez right now, so that'll be interesting. Yes, yeah, so we'll see if he gets a target here. But, no, A.J. Brown uh, has been getting far and away the most targets. If you're a fantasy football player out there, I'd highly recommend. Now, this is – sorry to interrupt, but we are live reacting to I know. what's happening. This is something that's been happening a lot that I think is actually really concerning. So a seven-on-seven seven drill is very much built for the offense. I've been covering seven-on-seven seven drills you know, my whole time, and very, very rarely do you ever see a quarterback run the ball because there's a check down there for him. They normally have a running back out there. Yeah, and Hertz is on the field right now. I want to make sure everyone knows that. So yeah. we, are, we are watching Jalen in the first-team offense right now. Yeah, so Jalen in the first-team offense is doing a seven-on-seven seven drill, and one thing that you never want to see in these drills is a quarterback tuck and run it. Yep. Now, now – they have been emphasizing not turning the ball over as much. I believe Hertz had three interceptions in his first four practices, and Sirianni started to talk about how he wasn't thrilled with that. So maybe he's just being conservative with the ball, but so mm. there's an incompletion there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, one thing he's been doing a lot, which really is concerning, is he's been tucking and running it quite a bit in seven-on-sevens. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting because I'm watching him, and, I, and I'm watching this offense, and, again, it kind of looks like, He's waiting for everyone to get open rather than possibly throwing a guy open. Like the A.J. Brown pass down here, that was good to get the touchdown. And I feel like he kind of threw him open. It's not like he was wide open. It no, wasn't it was great coverage. Right. Like, and, and, and in these circumstances, I mean, it looks like they're not getting open, which definitely isn't great for the receiver standpoint. But also, I mean, you do have to take a shot. You know, you can't just yeah. sit back there and take sacks. Now, one thing that's hard to tell, especially from up here, but in, in, in practice especially. That's a Goddard drop? No, that was a pass breakup, I, I believe. That that pass was deflected. But um, one thing that's hard to tell in uh, practices is, you know, is he staring down guys, right? So to your point, the A.J. Brown uh, p play, I think maybe it looked like he knew he was going to go there no matter what. He just threw it to him. Now, it was a great throw. It was it – was, like, those are, the, those are the plays where that's why you pay A.J. Brown the money and that's why you pay Jalen Hurts the money because you want to see – eventually pay Hurts, I mean, because you want to see those be completed. But – let me ask you, because I'm someone that gets to watch every day. Like, what do you think of Jalen so far? He has the really nice touchdown pass, but outside of that, you know, Dude, not great. I, I'll get to Jalen. Gardner Minshew is just brutal, this man. Is like, takeaway so far. it is just—it's you're an NFL quarterback. I mean, make the throw. Like, that Jets game was legitimately a pretty good game. It was, yeah. No, and he's—he's he's not had a good camp uh, uh, at all. So with Hurts, like, I'm watching him. Uh, you know, uh, it's been. We've probably seen him take command of the offense, what, five times so far? There's been three different uh, drills, and they've he's ran about, you know, quick count, 12 or 13 plays. He kind of just looks the same as last year. Okay. He, he kind of looks the same. I, I don't see, a, you know, any more crispness on the ball. I think his pass to, to A.J. Brown, he made that throw a couple times last year. That's not something new. Yeah, the Devontae uh, throw against Atlanta. It wasn't the exact type of throw. Actually, it actually reminded me of the Devontae out-of-bounds down here. Well, I was going to say the Rager out-of-bounds play against San Francisco. You're right. That's the one I'm yeah, thinking the of. Yeah, the Rager out-of-bounds play for those, obviously, that are, that are listening and, and not watching um, the practice. I thought the touchdown pass to A.J. Brown really reminded me of the, the pass to Rager. Yeah, the sideline. let's sneak in a call while uh, Carter Minchie's on the field because, frankly, I can't stand watching yeah. him. Let's go to Dave and Paoli. What's happening, Dave? Hey, how's it going? I just Good. Wanted to How call are you? Good. Um, what's going on with Devin Allen this camp? I know it was a big story yeah. coming in, but I don't think I've heard a single thing, which might be bad news, but I'll leave yeah, it there so for you two to chat. 
So Devin Allen, uh, you know, first of all, I give him credit for the fact he's even in a camp. He hasn't played football in a few years. He's obviously an Olympic athlete. So the fact he's even here is a great accomplishment by him. Um, so today so far, I have him down with no targets, which means through seven practices, he has five catches on 10 targets. And he looks like he's far away. I mean, that's kind of what you expect after six years or whatever it was off from football. Um, he looks like he's far away. The, the kind of surprising thing to me is I don't really think the speed has really been on display. I would ex I thought coming into this that, you know, it would really shine how fast he was. He hasn't looked that quick to me. So at this point, I think he's he's far away from uh, from making the team. I think he has to hope that a uh, practice squad spot is where he, he ends up. Yeah, and what we've been mentioning a lot is, you know, the, the two guys that people were excited about that could have been like, you know, camp. The, the camp guys of this year, the Paul Turners, right. the, that, uh, the, the, the candidates for that, I would say, were Britton Covey and Devin Allen. And through, what, eight practices now? I mean, Britton Covey has emerged as someone that a lot of people think can, can help this team. Uh, yeah. And Devin Allen just hasn't done anything. He's he's kind of just a fast guy yeah. that they, you know, they, they're, they're not really throwing the ball deep. I mean, like Carson Strong's kind of the one guy that can, can do that. Reads the net. Again, you guy. keep saying Carson Strong has a strong arm. Like, he just doesn't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but I will say, um, yeah, I mean, you, you going to be okay over I'm there? sorry I had to cough. I apologize. Um, but Britton Covey has kind of emerged. It feels like as this year's Paul Turner, this year's uh, – yeah. Uh, Rashid guy. Bailey was one of them. Oh, hey, the one that the Eagles that we that nice we, throw by the way from Reed Sinet right there. If you squint, you see Tom Brady. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the the takeaway. If you squint, you see Tom Brady. Let's go to Dave in Erdenheim. What's happening, Davey? Hey guys, how you doing? What's oh, up, doing Dave? great, man. Watching the birds here at the link, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, well, I'm addressing Elliot Shore Parks, the football expert, and yep. Jack, the baseball expert, who has now proven that he knows more about football than Elliot Shore Parks. Pretty right. usual. Excited, yeah. excited to, to hear what you have to Jack say. Jack <laughs> comes down on the side of run first, then pass. And I'd be curious if um, in that progression where the 35-yard pass was thrown, yeah. you ran, he, he ran a running play prior to that. Did he run a play-action pass? So you're talking about the play before the touchdown or was the touchdown? Yeah, well, so the, no, the so play the, the, before the touchdown was a run. Yeah, it was the a play. It was the a play where he threw run. the touchdown pass, yeah. was it a play-action pass? It might have been like the fake handoff, but it wasn't a, a natural uh, old-school play-action pass where he's under center, no. Unfortunately for me, I'm old-school. Um, <laughs> and the eye test Sorry, is – just means you're wise. It, <laughs> if you have a if you have a dominant running game, it gives the quarterback an extra second maybe to make a read. And I, I would think that our quarterback is still in very much the development phase, and he needs that second to make his reads and to throw people open. It is mm -hmm. encouraging that you just said he threw somebody open. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe AJ, but. Now, that's your, where I come point, down. Uh, it sounds like, Jack, that's where you come down. No, so. I just want to be clear, Dave. Now, you make a great point that if they have a good running game, certainly that is going to make the passing game easier because the defense has to worry about, worry about it. I'm not saying they can't run the ball next year. I still think they should run it 35 40% of the time. All I'm saying is we all saw last year, and last year is probably the best rushing attack they're ever going to have, and very few people – actually thought they had a chance come playoff time, right? So I just need to see more of a dyna dynamic passing game next year to truly believe that they're going to be a much better team or a team that come playoff time maybe can actually make some noise. 
Yeah, well, when cold weather hits, too, the NFC East has always been our successful teams, Giants, Cowboys, um, even the Redskins back in the day could run the ball yeah. because the weather doesn't allow too much passing. I well, think you'll see that a lot. Especially with the quarterback. And, Dave, I appreciate the calls. Um you know, and it does come down to the quarterback from that standpoint as well. Uh, re- regardless if you're the biggest Jalen Hurts guy in the world, as the weather does get colder, it's going to be harder for him to kind of push the ball down the field, and you do want him to kind of rely on the run game. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess, but ultimately, like, they, I mean, I don't know, they playing a lot of domes. The playoff game was in Tampa last year. Like, I, I can't get behind building the team around yeah. the fact that it gets cold in December. <laughs> I, I, I understand. But there was a reason why the Buff, uh, the Bills drafted Josh Allen. You know, he yeah, had, well, they drafted Josh Allen because he's like six six and like a ridiculous athlete, and he's from Wyoming. With an arm. Well, and Carson he's was from North. It. Carson was from North Dakota. How'd yeah. that work out? And then what happened? You ran him out of town. Yeah, yeah. Me and Jillio. You, you, yeah. you and Jillio yes. ran the Bronco out of town. Yes. So Elliot, Ike's best efforts. Yes. Uh, so Elliot, if you could explain to the audience, um, you know, we're about the last like twenty five minutes have been where the action has happened. It's, it's been good. Uh, it's been exciting. Uh, it feels like we're back ready for uh, another season of Eagles football. Yeah. But what's kind of going on right here? Is this – Is this? Is it, are we about to watch punting practice? <laughs> yeah, so I can tell you're excited about that. Mr. asked about Aaron Sippas in the first, uh, <laughs> first segment today. But, yeah. uh, no, so, yeah, right now, this is kind of how their practices have been. I do think they do a lot of intense teamwork, and then they'll take – I don't want to say time off, but they'll do – Special teams drills, which for the starters are, you know, not as intense because they're not taking part in them. So right now we're looking at special teams drills. And, look, we want to get into the nitty-gritty of football oh. season and the nitty-gritty of practice. We can Where's talk, Ike Reese? Yeah, we Where's can Ike? Yeah, get Ike up here. He's down there being Mr. Popular uh, with all the fans. I know. It's so tough being him. Yeah, it is. But, uh, no, I mean, special teams are really where roster spots are decided in training camp. When you talk about the, the 22 starters plus, you know, the other 10 or so players that will get regular rotations on the field, after that, it's really can you be a, a good developmental guy or can you be a strong special teams player like right now Deion Kane is out there running a special teams rep and Deion Kane has had a good camp I think he's been he, he's shown signs as a receiver he had a really good actually offseason in the practices that I saw he caught two long touchdowns from Jalen Hurts but they obviously they want to see him be a good receiver but he's going to make the roster if he can be a special teams player so right now these reps that we're watching here at the link are going to decide roster spots. Now you look at the kick returners back here. Britton Covey was the first player to uh, go back and return a kick. Obviously a, a great sign for his chances of making the team. Quez Watkins is back there. It looks like Rager is back there as well. He hasn't returned one yet. But, you know, Rager's roster spot could potentially hinge on whether or not they feel he can be a special teams player this year, a better special teams player. Now, in your estimation, is the uh, is the 11-on-11 the, the 11 11 is that done? Is no, that no, over? No, 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 no. They're going to do much more 11-on-11, 11 11, I think. Tonight? Yeah, tonight. Sir- oh. Sirianni almost always ends his practices with 11-on-11s. 11 11. I was actually surprised they did it first. There's maybe Sirianni, as everyone likes to claim he panders to the fans. <laughs> Sirianni starting it off with that was a very nice gesture uh, by him. But I think we're going to see more 11 on 11s, yeah. Awesome. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in, uh, talk about Eagles open practice. Elliot and I are having a lot of fun here. Uh, again, we will we will bring you immediately 
Jalen Hurts. Yes. If he gets back on the field, we have some 11 on 11s. It was exciting. The first period was good. Uh, he, he found A.J. Brown deep. While I wait for that, on the other side, I will give Elliott some buy or sell, see where he's at on some of the big storylines heading out of camp. Again, don't go anywhere. Jalen Hurts will be stepping on the field again. You don't want to miss our live reactions as we head into the last hour here of Eagles Open Practices. It's Jack. It's Elliott. We're live from the link on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back, Jack Fritz, Elliot Short Parks, live from the open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. Elliot, Jalen, and the first team offense have retaken the field. Do not go anywhere. We'll give you live reactions as we go along here. First play looked like I thought it would have been a sack. Yeah, I think in a game he probably would have been sacked. Now, the interesting thing about how quickly they blow the whistle is Jalen is very good at evading pressure. So I think some of these plays where the they're ruling them sacks – and, look, they're doing that to make sure Jalen doesn't get hurt. So I certainly understand why they do it. But some of those plays maybe wouldn't end up being sacks. But the first play, Jalen dropped back uh, and hit Zach Paschal. Now, this second play I think is, is interesting, and I want to I talk about it. Uh, it was a running play to Miles Sanders, who's with the first-team offense, so he's getting first-team reps. But I'm curious, Jack, how did you think Miles looked there? Because I actually think Miles has looked – the best he has all camp. I think he looks stronger than he has before, but he still looks very quick. I've been very impressed with him this year when he's ran the ball. I feel like he always looks pretty good. Like I feel like okay. Miles always looks good. It just it never clicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he always looks like he's having like he always looks like a really talented runner, but he's such a home run hitter that he doesn't seem like he does the little things that sometimes running backs need to do if you want to be a guy that is a, a six, seven, eight touchdown guy. I mean, no touchdowns last year. It's yeah, almost like one of the craziest, like in 20 years when we're doing, you know, Quizzo or whatever, the, <laughs> one of the great questions will be the year the Eagles uh, set the all-time franchise and rushing, r- rushing record, how many touchdowns does their starting running back have? And the fact that zero is truly unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, not a great, uh, not a great Miles Sanders year last year. But Hurts with an incomplete pass to Goddard, by the way. He did, and he threw it in a double coverage. He I did, was, yeah. He was looking over the middle of the field, which if you look at the ESPN stat, he only threw 10% of those last year. Yeah. I, gotta, I never really noticed it that much. You know, I, always, I didn't either. I, the, all this stuff about him only throwing to his left, I – Look, it was clearly a problem because you saw in that Tampa Bay game that they were very comfortable trying to make him go the other way. But, uh, no, yeah, I, I live watching it last year didn't view it as a problem. But the fact that he did it so much, clearly you don't want to be that dominant to one side. Well, also, I, a part of me wonders with that, and, and tell me if you think I'm off base here. I will. I will tell you. <laughs> but throwing over the middle of the field, if you're looking at the analytics and we, we think the Eagles are very analytically driven, yeah. That should theoretically lead to more interceptions. I 100% agree with this. I think that last year not enough people brought that up. Throwing it over the middle of the field is kind of one of the most dangerous throws you can make. There's the most people there. If the ball deflects up, it's just kind of floating there to be intercepted. So I actually don't think they have to, like, attack the middle of the field more. And, frankly, it's another worry. If you're going to do a lot of these over-the-middle short passes for Yak, y- yards at another sack here probably. It yeah. looked like, uh, well, who, who blew up Sayamalu there? Uh, again, the Eagles wear these numbers that are so hard to follow. I mean, Brandon Graham actually might have been BG. Was, yeah, Brandon Graham was the one that got in pursuit of him. I didn't see if he was the one that went up against Sayamalu. But if it was Sayamalu, what's interesting is they've been moving uh, Brandon Graham inside quite a bit. And on key passing downs with Brandon Graham 
if he's going to be able to play defensive tackle, you're talking about like a, a front five, and I say five because they'll have the two edges and then three in the middle. You know, you're talking about Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, who's not practicing today, but will be out there, uh, you know, presumably for week one. Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat. That's a very strong front five on a key pa- on a uh, obvious passing down. So uh, that rep is over for the Eagles' first team offense. Didn't really move the ball. Well, quick, uh, you know, you're gonna be happy to see this. Little interesting here. Jalen Hurts just finished, and now uh, Reed Sinet is up. It's not Gardner Minshew. Now, I, I, I can't tell if he's with the third-team offense, but I can tell you there hasn't been a single time in camp this year Coffee. where uh, guard, where it's been Jalen and then uh, and then the third-string quarterback. So I wonder if this is Reed Sinet maybe moving himself up the depth chart. In it should be. Eyes. I mean, it should be. I've, I have been here for uh, <laughs> about an hour watching these guys. I mean, Minshew just looks dreadful. I was at camp the other day. did not look good at all. And you have to wonder if that caller that called and asked about Reed earlier knew this was coming. Was it a family member? You have like, to do wonder. You, do you think it's a family member? I mean, he does look pretty good out there. Ball I'm telling you, to... man, he, he has a good arm. So it's kind of interesting that he's now getting reps over uh, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, so good to see. Uh, again, we will bring you – uh, the second that Jalen Hurts and the first-team offense gets back on the field, we will dive right in. Right now, it is Reed Stinnett, uh taking over, it seems like, second-team reps ahead of Gardner Minshew. And in most towns, that wouldn't matter, but here we all know. Should we hit the breaking news sounder? <laughs> is, this, is this breaking news Here right we here? know yeah, exactly. uh, that that matters a lot. Let's sneak in David in Jersey. What's happening, David? Hey, Jack. Hey, ESP. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're live on, from man? camp. It's a, it's a lot of fun down here. All right, good to hear. Uh, so I just have a question. Uh, I'm wondering what you guys have seen from Andre Dillard so far through camp and kind of whether you guys think, uh, you know, he's going to be a reliable backup this year or, you know, potentially even a you know, trade asset. Yeah, so I don't think Dillard should be a trade asset. By the way, really nice throw yet again from Reed Sinnett as I was uh, – Reed Brady. Reed Brady, Brady. yeah. Yep. But I actually don't think he should be a trade asset, and it's really for the reason you're looking at right now. They have LaRaven Clark out there with the first-team offense because Dillard and uh, Mylotta are both out. And LaRaven Clark right now is not NFL-quality player. Like, he should not be out there on the field. So for Dillard, if a team were to offer – you know, something outrageous. Like, if they were to get a second-round pick for Dillard, of course. Or that's Jesse Bates. Or Jesse Bates, yes. Yeah, like, that's something you consider. But I would not trade him for a uh, fourth or fifth-round pick or anything like that. In terms of the camp he's had, he has missed the last few days with a concussion. But prior to that, maybe the best thing I can say about Dillard is I haven't noticed him. I think for an offensive tackle, that's exactly what you want. So it seems like he's had a pretty good camp before going down. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. And uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of the practice. Oh, thank you. Thank Thanks you. for calling. I appreciate it. By the way, you know, I got to love that we've gotten calls tonight and we've gotten a Reed Sinek call. We got yep. an Andre Dillard call. We got a Devin Allen call. Have we this got, is why training camp is the best time of the year. Right have here. we gotten the Hurts call? I don't think we have. Well, I think we're gotten. saying everything Hurts does on the field, so there's maybe not many questions to ask. But, yeah. no, I love all the backup calls for sure. Uh, real quick, I'll get to some um, – some some buyer sells with you real quick, but uh, so far Jalen tonight has this been about what you've seen so far? Yeah, you know it's tough, and this is like you know so many people feel like I'm like hating on Jalen when I say this, but these are the practices I see from him that are so tough to to really decide on because like the pass to AJ Brown, the 35 yard touchdown down the sideline, that's probably been his best pass of training camp. Like when when he had that play on the second drive of the. Uh, of the practice today, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be a really strong practice from from Jalen Brown. I even said, of course, tonight he's going to have a big day. 
But since then, it really hasn't been anything that special. I mean, I'm looking at right now, you know, last last drive that he had, a short completion to A.J. Brown, but then incomplete to Jack Stoll, incomplete to Goddard. The first drive of the practice, incomplete to Goddard, incomplete to Goddard. Like, there just hasn't been that consistent flow. Now, the A.J. Brown play is absolutely a great one, and it's extremely encouraging. And Devontae's not practicing. Devontae's not practicing. Again, this stuff matters, right? But, like, ultimately, what the what hurt the Eagles last year in the passing game was that they were not able to string plays together. There were very few plays or drives last year where you felt like for four quarters the passing offense was really working, and that's kind of what we've seen tonight. There was a really strong pass to A.J. Brown, but outside of that, it's been kind of – inconsistent a lot of quarterback runs a lot of you know kind of incompletion so I don't know like so far if I had to do a live grade of Jalen I mean the AJ Brown pass was so good but I would probably be in the B B minus category which that seems that seems like where he's been off camp all right Elliot uh while we wait for Jalen to step on the field again I got some buyer sells for you love it the first one here is the Eagles will have two 1,000 yard receivers do you buy or sell I mean, I'd have to sell that. Now, I think the only two that realistically have a chance of doing it are A.J. Brown and uh, Goddard. I really don't think Devontae has that much of a chance, and it's not a slate at Devontae. I just think it's going to be tough because A.J. is going to get the most targets. Uh, Goddard is going to likely, if not be number one, he's certainly going to be right there, I think, close to A.J. in in terms of targets. So it's going to be tough for Devontae. But, again, like with what I'm seeing tonight, like it's inconsistency, and it's going to be hard to have 2,000-yard receivers if you don't have a consistent passing game. Now, would they have two 1,000-yard receivers if Reed Stinnett was the quarterback? Well, look, the way he's playing tonight, you have to have wonder if they'd have 3,000-yard I mean, look receivers. at this throw. I'm telling you, he's had a really good camp. Now, now he was out of bounds there. He tried to hit eight. Don't care. He tried to hit Devin Allen from about 25 yards out in the corner of the end zone. It looked like he was out of bounds. But prior to that, he did complete a pass to Devin Allen. So Devin Allen a little more involved tonight than he has been in past practices. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, I I mentioned yesterday on Go Birds about how I I do believe that the A.J. Brown-Jalen Hurts uh, friendship is eventually going to cause a rift between Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Hurts. Kind of like how you follow other beat writers is eventually going to cause a rift between me and you. And how this us doing this show on Go Birds Radio yesterday is going to cause a rift in the James South relationship. Yeah, so ultimately it seems like a lot of friendships are about to end soon. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, now, I don't know if James is going to make it back from the Fish concert. You yes, know, you have we, to I, wonder. I, I was able to confirm that he is still alive, which is, yes. which is good to see. But, you know... I, I just think that that Devontae is such a business-first guy, and he believes in himself. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He, I thought his first year, I was actually more impressed than I thought I was going to be. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I went into the year very skeptical that a guy as skinny as him, as small as him, could be as good as he was. But you see special characteristics out of him. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I just think that if he doesn't get 1,000 yards this year, last year he got to nine. 20? Yeah, remember they played him the last yes. week, so I think he, I think it was the rookie record for the Eagles. Even though it was 17 games. Yes. yes <laughs> so, does it, yeah. so does it really. Another near sack here, by the way. Yeah. Which it is, looks like who got in on that. Is Maybe, that uh, Jordan Davis or Teron Jackson? Teron Jackson, yeah. yeah. Uh, who, by the way, don't look anything alike physically, but but, but Teron Jackson, yeah. That well, honestly, Teron Jackson, I just keep thinking it's Vinny Curry. It's he sad. does look like Vinny Curry. Like, he's got the 75 on, yeah. Yeah, so – um, but if you're Devonte, if you're Devonte Smith, and you are a former Heisman Trophy winner, you are a top ten pick. You were the savior last year, and you had 900 plus yards last year. They bring in AJ Brown. They have this big relationship. Him and him and Hurts, and you don't surpass what you did last year, barring health, of course. 
I don't know how you're not frustrated. I and, agree. And I don't know how, given what we saw now, obviously I believe that AJ and Jalen are not like Carson, but we saw what happened with Ertz and, and Carson. I mean, he started getting leaks of this guy. All he does is throw to, to, throw to, right. throw to Zach Ertz. And given what everyone's seen in camp so far, it's been a lot of – a lot of throws to A.J. Brown. Looks like we have an injury out there. I believe it's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside holding his elbow at the end of a play. He's, maybe it looks like he's kind of got a dead arm at Is this point. Is that what he injured last year as well? I don't remember off the top of my head, but he's jogging off to talk to trainers, so we'll keep you guys updated on that. On oh, uh, uh, J.J.? Yeah, we'll, we'll get the J.J. I will say, news update. Reed Sinet had a good throw to him. He uh, did, about a 15-yard completion over the middle of the field. I think it's super interesting Reed Sinet's taking these snaps, by the way. Uh, I don't know if Gardner's hurt. He's still out there. He's holding the football. He has on a helmet, so I don't think he is. Well, but if you're Nick Sirianni and you preach competition the way that he does, yeah, Reed, Reed's outplayed Gardner, well, for and, sure. And it makes it makes Sirianni look fraudulent if he's not putting the guy who's been better at camp in yeah. there. Now, to what you were saying about Devontae, I think it's uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. Now, I hate to use this kind of cliche. Is that Devin you, Allen that, that was, Yeah, so Reed Sinet tried to hit Devin Allen again in the back of the end zone. I thought it looked like it was deflected. Man, he looks like Reno Mahe. Yeah, he, he really does. Oh. Um, I don't. I, to me, it looked like it was maybe deflected, but regardless, it, it wasn't completed. Um, the Devontae thing, I hate to throw out this cliche, but what is it like winning is the ultimate deodorant? I really feel <laughs> if this team – that you like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, I think if this team's winning, I don't think it's going to matter really for Devontae. Now, offseason next year, maybe it matters a little because, again, the fact that he's the only one that hasn't been paid, and he can't be paid yet. He's a uh, still on his rookie deal. But the fact that he's the only one that hasn't been paid – I think is part of the dynamics. But the times you saw him get frustrated last year, I think back to that Giants game where at the end of the game it felt like he was open on the final play. If you remember, he kind of ran off and, and yep. looked frustrated. They he, he showed more frustration last year than I thought. Yeah, I think he has – You know, I don't want to use the word diva because I feel like that has you know sometimes a, a T.O. type connotation. Devontae has that number one receiver personality. Like, he wants the ball. He feels the offense is better when he's getting the ball. And, uh, yeah, so I think that if they're losing and he's not getting the ball, I think it's definitely something to monitor. Jalen Hurts back on the field. Uh, first team offense. They're, they're going deeper here. This is they're taking Yeah, so they're starting at their own, I believe, 20. So they have 80 yards to go. No, no, nothing there. He had to run with the ball. He did hold on to it in his credit to try to look for something, but he didn't see anything. Ran and slid for about a five-yard uh, run. Don't know if this is a big deal or not, um, but seemed like a lot of pressure up the middle again. Yes. Uh, Cam Jerkins is in there, their second-round pick. So Jason Kelsey, uh, did he start practice tonight? Kelsey has been back. Yeah, I saw him out there. I don't believe he was on the injury report. He could just be getting some time off, but that's good eye by you for uh, out there. Yeah, it looks like Kelsey, it is Cam Jurgens. Cam Jurgens in there, second-round pick. Uh, it still looks like Dickerson, uh, Raven clark uh, Sayamalu, and Lane Johnson, so the rest of the line. So they're missing two of their starters. Two of their starters. Goddard is out there. Looks like Quez on the outside, and is that – that's A.J. Brown on the slot. So so this run right right here, I actually think uh, my, uh, Jalen Hurts just handed it off to Miles Sanders. He probably got about five or six yards. But, man, Miles just really stands out to me this year when he runs the ball. I talked about how the, with, the, with the quarterbacks, you know, all the throws kind of look the same. Like none of the, uh, none of the quarterbacks look like they have like considerably better arms than the other. Miles Sanders, to me, like when he runs the ball, I notice it's yeah. Miles Sanders. Well, uh, I mean, who who else has even taken rushing attempts tonight? I mean, I haven't seen Boston Scott out there. I have Kenny Gainwell. Well, Boston Scott is a concussion. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So he's um, still out. Kenny, Kenny Gainwell has had a few rushing attempts, yeah. So, I mean, Miles is the only one that I've seen, you know, really do anything. I, I agree with you. Hurts is back. 
finds A.J. Brown. Another pass to A.J. Brown. Yep. You know, I, I kid about it, but I don't think it's that crazy. Like last year, Cooper Cup, I think, had 191 targets. I don't think he'll get like that close to it because I don't think they're going to throw it as much as the Rams do. But I really think A.J. Brown is going to dominate targets in this yeah. offense. You can, I, you can just see it tonight. I wonder if he's going to threaten Zach Ertz for for the, the receptions record. Well, hopefully he's having, averaging more yards per catch. Although the, if you look, <laughs> well. the, the other thing is now he has a 35-yard touchdown tonight. But I, you know, I don't know if you would agree with this, but what I've seen a lot in camp and I think is on display tonight is a lot of the passes he's getting, seven, eight yard type of out throws. It's it's not a it's not a down the field type attacking um, passing game that they're trying with. Him. Now the one thing I find interesting with AJ Brown, and I don't know if you've seen this at camp at all, but has there been many design screens? To him to no. try to get him in space? No, there really hasn't been. I mean, I think he has one rushing attempt. Now, right now, they're lining up in triplets on one side, so maybe that's something you'll see here. But there has not been a lot of, like, designed bubble wide receiver screens. A lot of when they've tried to get him the ball, it has been the slants over the middle. And uh, Jalen Hurts just had a nice, uh, not a design run, but an option run. He had the same move that he pulled in the Saints game. It did look a lot like that, yeah. Now, these are the things where, you know, when I write write it down and I chart, it's just a quarterback run. Now, they can't tackle tonight. But watching that, that play looked like in a game, that could be a big game. Like, I thought it was a well-timed call. I thought they executed it well. Uh, Kelsey is back in, by the way. Kelsey is back in, so we can – everyone at home can rest (laughs) easy. Yep. Yes. Um, And actually, to to hurt his credit there, looks more explosive. I mean, I, he does. I, I talked about that uh, a little bit ago and how I felt that he's a good runner, but it's almost like he, he doesn't go zero to 60 really fast. Like he, he but gets he looks there. quicker, I think, this year. He definitely looks lighter. And, you know, yeah. you talked about how he's down to eight and a half. Now, here mm. looked, looked like he was going to throw that Mm-mm. one deep and pulled it down, and he throws a short one over the middle to, to Jack Stoll. And that's an interesting thing that he's going to have to kind of, uh, you know, wa- uh, what's the expression? Walk the line, thread the needle, however you call it. Like, you don't want him to turn the ball over, obviously. I think one of the strengths of Jalen is he is pretty safe with the ball, especially coming off Carson in 2020, where his turnover has just absolutely wrecked this uh, this team. But Jalen does a really good job keeping, keeping, uh, keeping the ball safe. Now, the tough thing is, though, you still want him to be aggressive with the ball, right? Yep. It's a, it's kind of. I want to see him throw that. Yeah, like right there. So he dropped back. He looked like he was going to try to hit somebody deep. I didn't see who it was, but you could tell he was kind of pulling his arm back to throw it, and he pulls it down, and he does a short pass. Now, look, it's a completion. They live to see another down, and, the, it, you know, he got probably seven or eight yards, but it's not the big play, yep. and I think that's the tough thing for them. Yeah, and again, we will not break until the first team offense is off the field. We're not going anywhere. So it uh, could be a while at this rate. It could be a while. Um, but it's interesting, again, right there, a lot of, lot of options, a lot of design runs. I talked in the open about how I want to see them you know, continue to run the ball because I think that's going to set them up for, for yeah. best success. And one of the takeaways I've had so far is that they're kind of doing that. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of a lot of quarterback runs, a lot of quarterback runs, a lot of game managing kind of kind of kind of football. I mean, the, the one throw to A.J. was really his only deep shot. I, I you would want to see him pull that there. He didn't do it. So, you know, it looks to me a short pass here to Miles Sanders. Yeah, it looks to me very similar to last year. So, so if, the way this drill is set up uh, from what it seems like up here is they're basically doing a full field drill. They started at their own 20, yep. and I believe they're doing like first, second down, third down. They're tracking first down. So right now it looks like this is going to be a third down play. But they started at the 20-yard line, and they've gained 35 yards, and it's taken them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven plays to get those 35 yards. And like, a lot of that's through the 
running game. And a lot of that's through, yes, the quarterback run. So this is my concern with the team moving forward this year is it just looks like everything they do on offense looks so hard. And I thought that was the case last year. Like, it never looked like they were able to easily just go down the field very quickly. Another quarterback run Another quarterback here run. from Jalen. This is probably more than I've seen them do all camp. I wonder if this is just what they're working on tonight, if something they're seeing in the defense. But – if they're going to have to do 10, 11, 12 play drives, like it's going to be very hard to be one of the top offenses this year. By the way, it looks like they did not, the coaches did not give them the first down. So the first team offense just ran a full field drill. As I said, they started at about the 20, 25, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plays later, they got about 30 yards in their punting. So not a good showing from the first team offense. There. 215 is how you get in if you want to join the show and, and, and talk some Eagles training camp, Eagles over practice, all of that fun stuff. We are reacting live. Uh, again, we're, we're going to take a break right here. Jalen Hurts off the field. That drive happened. It was fine, but again, felt a lot like last year. It hasn't been a, a big wow night here at the link, wow. but uh, again, we will take Jalen Hurts on the field anytime we can get it. 215-592-9494. It's Jack Fritz. It's Elliot Shore Parks live from the open practice at Lincoln Financial Field on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, welcome back. Jack Fritz, Elliot Shore Parks, live from the Eagles Open practice at the link. And Elliot, they are entering into a period called compete. Jack, I'm so excited for this drill. This is what I always try to tell people that can't watch practice. I'm happy fans are here to see it tonight, and I'm happy we're going to be able to walk you guys through what's happening. These drills they do at the end of practice, the full field, 11-on-11. 11 11. Sirianni just got the uh, team together, all 90 players. And I, we, can't, we can't hear what he's saying, but the fact the drill is called compete, I think we know what he was saying. This is going to be a really, really good look at first-team offense, first-team defense, mm. competitive, and see what Jalen can do. Now, it looks like a bit of a 4-3 there, Elliot. I mean, yeah, they're, they are lining up a bit of a 4-3. All right, so first play is a run to Miles Sanders. No tackling, but he got about 10 yards there. Mm. And uh, they started at their own 30-yard uh, line. So. Yep. They're going full field. Again, I really think Miles Sanders looked good there. He did just he looks stronger and quicker to me this year. He does. Uh Hurts about to take the second snap. Drops back. And meh. I mean, it's a good no, catch. It was a, no, no. Eh. I think you were a little premature no. on that one. No. I thought that was a good throw. It was about probably eight or nine yard completion. AJ Brown had good coverage on him from James Bradbury. Jalen got it into him. Tight window. Moves the change, Jack. To use a football term. Yeah, I will say it is. Ooh, ooh that was almost really bad. Jalen dropped back. And he's mad about it, too. Tried to hit Miles Sanders over the middle. I believe that was Kaiser White. Or no, it was, wow, I think it might have been Hassan Reddick that dropped back in coverage and nearly picked that off. We're getting a replay here. No, my bad. It was not Reddick. It was TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards. Edwards almost picked that pass off. So a tr an attempt over the middle, near interception. Jack, that would have been a disaster. That would have been a drill. disaster. Uh, Elliot, uh, one of my takeaways from camp uh, tonight is I love how on the line it seems like the cornerbacks are. Like they seem yeah. like they're physical at the line. AJ, I mean, James Bradbury was all over uh, AJ Brown on that pass. So that, that's good to see. I want to see those guys be up on the front of the line. So uh, Jalen drops back, hits Dallas Goddard for what looks about a five- or six-yard completion. Eh. And, again, like, this is the kind of offense we've seen tonight and I've seen in camp so far. A lot of short stuff. It's really why the A.J. Brown pass touchdown 35-yard earlier really stood out is because it's just not something I've seen a lot of in camp. Also, it's interesting. Um, 
you know, these last couple last couple plays, last couple series, and just the first time I really noticed it. A lot of four three, it seems like. I mean, yeah. it looks like Hassan Reddick. They're kind of having his his hand in the ground, as as they say in football terms. Interesting kind of uh, situation here. I, oh, so I guess they're doing end of game, but they basically from about the forty three yard line going in. They're trying to do basically. I think it's going to be a hail mary. They have eleven <laughs> defenders on the field, but only Jordan Davis. I think that's him over the ball, and then almost every other defender is lined up deep. So situational football here from Sirianni, and I wonder if the offense would have gotten more done if they would have still been in this situation. Yeah, I got to be honest. It seems like uh, a B, a B from a B the from offense. Jaylen, I think that's probably being a little kind. And again, this is a tough thing about grading them is you're right. If you just watch this, if you had no idea, oh, yeah, we're doing what like a this? this was a disaster. I mean, look, getting the <laughs> ball to – there was a short pass to Quez Watkins. I don't know. Look, they were going to try some maybe like hook and ladder stuff. I, I don't know what they were doing. I booing from here. Look at you. It's a big, big J tonight, Jack. Can't, uh, can't boo from the press box. I know, but I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan. Like, I yeah. mean, come on. Like, that that was bad. <laughs> but so here's the interesting thing about Jalen tonight, and I'll be curious to get your grade. Like – if you just watch the practice and you have no context of anything, you don't know about last year and anything, I think Jalen's looked fine tonight, right? There's been no interceptions. It's been mostly check down type throws. A lot of the, the attempts within 10 yards. He had the 35-yard touchdown to, uh, to A.J. Brown. But, like, coming into camp, I wanted to see this team look special. I wanted to see the offense look different. I wanted to have confidence in saying, like, okay, this looks like a team that's going to build upon last year. And this is maybe another night where I don't leave practice feeling that way. I'll say this. The dream of the Josh Allen leap is dead. I mean, <laughs> there it is. Like, so it's 8.33 on uh, August 7th. He's calling it. It's over. I mean, again, you, you just said it. He's fine. You know, so it looks the same to you. It looks you the think same. I'm wrong. To well, no, that. it looks the same. And for as much as we talked about his mechanics and, and this and that, like, yeah, sure, they look a little bit tighter. But the, the thing that's always drawn me back to never fully believing in Jalen being a long-term answer here is that there's no, just the zip's not there. Like, yeah. it can't just flick of the wrist, get the ball down the field. There's no – there was the, – the A.J. Brown pass, the touchdown, was fine. I mean, he's been able to make that throw before. Gardner Minshew – Making a nice deep throw here. They got uh, that was pushed got, out of bounds. Yeah, but, uh, pass but regardless, like with, with, with Jalen, again, it just looks okay. And and that's why when we open the show talking about the the passing the ball versus rushing the ball, and why I'm such a proponent of of, of running the ball and being a run first offense is that that's what the quarterback is good at. And that's what I saw tonight was a lot of runs, a lot of design runs, not being able to totally get the ball down the field and just game manage your way through this and and hopefully help your team win football games. If they make him throw 70% of the time, they're not going to win. Yeah, no, so here's my concern with the offense, and I think it's been on display tonight. They don't look like a hard offense to stop. No. And that shouldn't be the case when you have Devontae Smith, who's not practicing tonight, but they, when you don't have Devon, when you have Devontae, when you have A.J., when you have Dallas Goddard, when you have this offensive line, it should look better than this. It should just flat-out look better than this. Now, one thing I do know is Sirianni is very big on not showing things in practice. They do kind of believe, like, they want to kind of hide their – keep their cards close to the chest. So it's, yeah. especially in front of a large audience like this, it wouldn't surprise me. But this is how they've looked all camp. Like, this is it. Like, this is – this is the tough part of grading the team is, like, it isn't, you know, 4 for 12 every day from Jalen. It, it, it's, like, 11 of 15 mostly checkdowns, and that's what it's been tonight. And I'll kind of go back to where I started with this answer, but, like, 
they don't look like a tough offense to stop. Like, they look like an offense that's going to struggle to score this year. Well, and, and the whole hiding things or whatever, like, uh, cute. I mean, it worked week one <laughs> last year, but they still started two and five. And that that's not because they were hiding anything. You know, they just they just weren't ready to play last year. Um, Gardner Minshew, 0 3 on this drive, by the way. Not shocking. Can we no. can we please get the next Tom Brady Reed Sinet? Reed Sinet. So I think you're, the Jack quarterback takes from tonight are the Josh Allen leap is dead. Yeah, it's not ha- like 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 Reed Sinet's the backup. I'm trying to I'm trying to be fair. Like this whole dream of the he's going to take this huge massive leap, it's not happening. He it, he's not he's not that guy. He mm-hmm. is he is the Alex Smith, hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo that kind of quarterback. And you can win with that. I mean, you can you can win, but, yeah, but you can't be special. Like you've mentioned, there is a ceiling to that. There's yeah. a ceiling to how good that team is. But as long as Jalen is the quarterback, the more it is that you have to be a run-first team. You and can't throw the ball 70% of the time because they're not going to win. Uh, Gardner Minshew, oh, Trying now. to find Britton Covey. I actually thought he had Covey. I think Covey had a step on, uh, on his defender. But, no, I, I, I completely agree, and that's – that's a tough part of projecting this team. I mean, you know, each year I feel like I have a pretty good read on what the team is going to be. This is one of the toughest years for me because there's so much of the roster that I do believe in. I And, and the coaching staff, frankly. I do believe in Nick Sirianni. I do believe in Jonathan Gannon. Shane Steichen will see, but I believe in majority of the coaching staff. I think Howie's put together a good roster. I think the lines are strong. I think they're skilled players. But, man, like you watch them. You know, I always say this about, about Eagles, uh, about covering the Eagles and fans and media as well. Like, you, you watch them play on Sunday and they lose. And then on Monday, you're mad. Tuesday, you start to get over it. Wednesday, you're like, this is a winnable game. Thursday, Friday, you're all in. And then you watch them play again, and it's like, oh, they don't look that good. <laughs> That's kind of how I get with this team. Like, when I'm not watching them practice, yes. I talk myself into it. I say, well, the over-under is 9.5. They do have a ton of talent. I do believe in Jalen the person. He has succeeded everywhere he's gone. And then I watch them, and I always leave – not feeling great about the team. Yeah, and and I think that's totally fair. And as someone who is definitely a, a hurt skeptic, there was nothing that happened tonight that I was that I felt any different. I, again, I felt like I was watching the same player that I saw last year. Let's sneak in Al in North Carolina. What's happening, buddy? All right, buddy. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing doing great. I'm, I'm doing great. How are you what enjoying this live practice update? Oh man, you guys are doing a great job, man. Appreciate Thank it. You. Glad Thank to hear it. Yeah. I was going to originally ask about Nicobe Dean, whether you guys have seen him or not. But Frankly, Jack- Al, we haven't seen him. Um, you no. know, I, I was excited just like you. Like I, I can't wait to see Nicobe Dean. I think he's going to be the next great Eagle. But I didn't see him out there tonight, Elliot. Yeah, and that's kind of what it's been in camp. Now, I will say from a linebacker perspective, I do think it's kind of the toughest position in practice to stand out because they're not hitting. And I think what Nicobe is going to be good at is blitzing. Uh, and they're not blitzing a ton in practice. They're not showing their exotic blitz looks. And tackling. And tackling, yeah. Now we have, real quick, practice has ended. Jalen Hurts is breaking down the huddle. But, yeah, N'Kobe, I think, has had a quiet camp so far. I frankly don't think it's reason for red flags for his career or anything like that. But, you know, on a night when we're talking about expectations for the team, I think it's only fair to N'Kobe not to expect him to be a difference maker this year. I think if this year, by weeks five, six, seven, and the end of the year, they can get, like, some meaningful snaps from N'Kobe, I think that's a good outcome for him. Well, that's good. And, and, uh, and Jack, you're absolutely right. The, uh, the long jumpers in the Olympics have a better chance of making a leap than Jalen Hurts does this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. I appreciate the call, buddy. Hopefully, talk to you this week. Yeah, it's just 
unless you're not watching camp, unless you're just putting on blinders, you can still believe the Josh Allen leap's happening. Well, the thing about the Josh Allen comparison is and Well, it's not fair, first of well, all. Well, yeah, it's not fair, first of all. But second of all, you know, there's a lot of exa- there there is an example of a Josh of a player like Josh Allen making that leap. There's also a lot of examples of players that we never talk about or hear anymore that don't make the leap because they don't make that leap, right? Yep. So the reason it's called the Josh Allen leap is because it's rare. Like, it's not something you see often. Um, but I actually think, like, look, people bring it up and we can talk about it. But ultimately, I-, I think you're right. Like, it's not fair. I don't think it's something that should ever be said again, really. Like, it's just not fair to Jalen to expect him to be Josh Allen this year. And I think, you know, to kind of go back to where we started the show with, like, I understand what you're saying, that maybe the best way for them to win is going to have to be to, th- to-, to run the ball. But, man, that's discouraging when you think about the weapons they have, the fact that that's where they were last year. You really – fans should want to see a different and better team this year. And if they come out and they're the same team, man, that's just – it's it's just super disappointing. 215-592-9494. Eagles camp is over. If you are in your car and you're driving home, get in now. Tell us what you saw here at camp. Elliot and I both left – Kind of feeling like Jalen Hurts is the same player he was last year. And, uh, you know, for as, you know, people wanted to see this leap happening, we're not really feeling it. But yeah. if you saw something different, we would love to hear from you as well. On the other side, we will run through all of your phone calls before getting out of here. We'll give some final takeaways. I'll get to some of these other. And we got my final stats, Jack. Come and on. the final stats. Final stats for the night. We'll get to all of that and buy ourselves as we get out of here. Eagles open practice is over another okay night for Jalen Hurts. 215-592-9494. Gardner Minshew is running sprints down the field. Not sure why. We'll get to all of your calls and everything else. It's Jack. It's Elliot on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Jack Fritz, Elliot Shore Parks, live from the link. Open practice. Just concluded here. We left you and uh, Gardner Minshew is running sprints on the field and come back and he's still running sprints on the field. So that working. Yeah, yeah. I guess because he couldn't complete a pass tonight. He decided, let me get some sprints in because that's what I want for my quarterback. Yes, exactly. Now they also, the entire audience sang happy birthday to Jalen Hurts. It is his his birthday today. He's only 24 years old, Elliot. People don't bring that up often. Yeah. So look, practice is over. Um, I have the final stats. Are you ready for him? I am. And I think a lot of our audience is waiting with bated breath for yes. your final quarterback I think the stats. coaching staff is also waiting. To see yes. What, Nick what Sirianni he, uh, gave uh, Elliot a little shout-out in the pregame uh, press availability. Yeah, I wasn't trying to bring that up. You did it on Needed your own. Needed to. It's okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But, no, so um, I had Jalen tonight as 11 of 18, one touchdown, zero interceptions. I would give him a B tonight. I think that the touchdown pass to A.J. Brown was extremely encouraging. It's, as I mentioned, only the second time uh, this training camp they've scored a touchdown from outside the 20 through the air, and this was against the first-team defense. So I think that alone was something to feel really encouraging about, and I think that really helps his grade. But outside of that, it was kind of what I've seen the rest of camp, which is short throws, inconsistency. Now, I think tonight his accuracy was a little bit better. Uh, I think a lot of the incompletions that came tonight were pass breakups and good play by the defense. So maybe this is one of those nights where you say the defense made good plays. But it's another night where I leave leave the uh, practice not feeling like this is ready to be an explosive offense, not feeling like this looks like an offense that's going to move up and down the field and can score against anybody. So definitely some positives tonight from Jalen. But 
overall, another night where I don't feel that great about what I saw. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, you know, finally I get to have my eyes on it as, on it as well. And for it just looks the same as last year. Yeah. And I don't think that's a great sign when you go get A.J. Brown. You have your second year in the offense, which is all we heard all offseason. Oh, he's in his second year in the offense. That's going to make a big difference. You know, I mean, sure, he was he was – down dill uh, down my lot of tonight. Like that's a that's a big loss. We R- really that. quick timeout. Jordan Davis is running across the whole field, and it really is crazy that a player as big, as tall as he is, and as heavy as he is, can move that way. Dude, I, he's a, he's. I mean, the way he runs, like he almost looks like a linebacker. I, you and I were not huge Jordan Davis fans. No. Donovan Chesspat on that one. Yes, yeah, same time. Donovan Chesspat. He's going to be very. good. He's going to be a really good eagle uh, for a long time. But you know, there's, there's actually a practice rep going around Twitter right now of him just destroying Cam Jurgens. Yeah, um, that's a tough matchup for Cam. Cam is undersized. So yeah, going against Jordan Davis run. But I'm sorry to continue. <laughs> but look, we're here. We're at the link. I had to say, like, watching Jordan Davis run is pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why we're here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, again, it, it's he looks fine. The offense looks fine. But I, I think as practice goes along, you see what I was kind of talking about in the open, which is it's going to be harder for team for this team to win where a lot of this fan base wants them to win with him trying to throw yeah, the but ball. Yeah, th- but I don't want them to win that way this year. Like, like you know, like I'm ready to watch this team try to throw the ball. Last year, I could get behind the run first, win. It's important in Sirianni's first year. Like, I get that. Man, it's going to be so disappointing if they come out this year and they're running it as much as they did last year. And they're winning the same way because in year one, you can accept it. This is year two now. It's year two of Sirianni. It's year two of Jalen. It's year two of Gannon. It's year two of this coaching staff. I need to see something different from year one. It would be incredibly disappointing if they look in year two like they did in year one. If you're driving home from the link right now, get in. We would love to hear your thoughts on practice. We gave you ours. Not totally sold on Jalen being uh, taking the huge leap this year that a lot of people were anticipating. Let's go to Sean in Pine Hill. What's happening, Shawnee? What's up, Uncle Rico? What's up, uh, Jalen Hurts? I'm on fan club. <laughs> well, what's up, buddy? What do you got for us tonight? Uh, real quick, so here, it's something funny. Jalen Hurts stinks. Game down. The guy's not hes not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. You guys were complaining about him in training camp. Well, Fritz, you kept it real. But then you got other people, Eagles fans, where if you go to another team, Trayvon Diggs was getting burnt. But they're like, oh, my God. It's, it, and then everyone oh, hurts. Yeah. When Hurts stunk in training camp, they say it's training camp. Well, the but other best Diggs, example when of Diggs this. Is, when Diggs yeah. came for in training camp, you said training camp. And no, I'm not a Cowboys fan. Let's keep it real. Well, Hurts another, another great, really quick, a great example of this, too, is Carson Wentz throws interceptions in training camp, and it's, oh, who would have thought, blah, blah, blah. Jalen Hurts struggles in camp, and it's, well, it's just camp. Yeah. But Elliot Shore Parks, you're like a weatherman, dude. You're you're right like ten percent of the time with your predictions and go Giants. <laughs> wow. Say. Well, I think most people are Go Giants, baby. What'd he say? Go go Giants? Is that what he said at the end? Wow. There? Maybe. Yeah. Well, you look, I'm definitely I'm a lot of things. One thing I'm not is a uh, a weatherman in the way that I'm petrified well, of most weather. The so. only weatherman that I trust is Howard Eskin. Howard yeah. Eskin, yeah. He's, he's the uh he's the, the reigning weatherman champ at the station. So let me ask you a question. You know, we can talk about the passing game. We can talk about this team and, and whatnot. But what do you think Jeff Lurie is seeing at practice? Like, what do you think yeah. he's thinking as he's watching this offense? I'll answer that in two ways because I think it's a very interesting question. One is I think he's seeing what we're seeing, which is a team that is not dynamic through the air. 
I, I don't see how he can see anything but that. What I think is going to be interesting is what's Lurie seeing in the meetings, right? Like, Lurie's not in everyday meetings, but Lurie is involved. He is an owner that, that is here most days. What are they saying to Lurie when they're, when they're talking about, how's, how's practice going? How's Jalen going, right? Like, because we know this offseason they tried to trade for Russell Wilson. Yep. They had interest in Deshaun Watson. Like, they, they, they passed on all the quarterbacks, but they certainly did their homework on them. Like, J- Jeffrey's involved in all that. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey's aware that, uh, you know, where they kind of stand with Jalen. So I think the interesting thing is, like, what are they saying to Jeffrey in these meetings? You know, like, are they showing him tape of, like, look, here's where we think Jalen is improving? Or are these meetings kind of like, yeah, man, he mostly looks the same. And I'll bring it up because I think it was important, like, the Derek Gunn report. Yep. Pe- pe- people focused on the, the part where it was the one, pl- well, the one day where he had, you know, four sacks or whatever it was. To me, the most interesting part of that report was Derek Gunn said, and I'm paraphrasing here, the Eagles are worried about Jalen. Like, they don't feel that confidence uh, in Jalen. And, yeah, so you ask about what Lurie's thinking. I, I think it's incredibly interesting to think of what the coaching staff is telling Jeffrey, what how he's telling Jeffrey about how his quarterback is. Well, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, Jeff Lurie was very front and center all night tonight. Like yeah, walking, down here right now talking to fans or looks like maybe going to sign some autographs. Yeah, was walking up and down the sidelines. Seemed like he was really, really paying attention. And for a guy that we know loves passing the ball as much as as, oh, yeah. as he does and how he believes that, the, well, it's the present of the NFL, but at one point he thought it was the future of the NFL. Um, I, I, I don't think he's super thrilled if, no. if, I was, if I was guessing. Let's go to Marco in New Jersey who's on his way home from uh, open practice. What's happening, Marco? What's up, guys? Uh, just on my way home from practice. I uh, I think I share the same sentiment. I just didn't like the the option plays. I just you know I just yeah. wanted to see Hertz you know throw you know the ball downfield, take a couple progressions, stuff like that. But didn't really get much of that to be honest. Yeah, and what I think is interesting. Uh, now look, in a game, maybe those quarterback runs are long plays, and we're sitting here and saying, wow, you know they they went they went right down the field. That's possible. But I'm happy you called and you were here tonight and you, and you, you, you uh, saw the same thing because one thing I've seen in camp is they're not throwing it more than they were last year. I, I track every play, and if you look at how many times they were throwing it per practice last year to this year, it's roughly the same, which is incredibly disappointing when you consider you want them to pass it more. So I agree with you. I was surprised to see all the quarterback read stuff tonight. Um, it certainly was not like five, six, seven plays in a row of you know passing attempts and certainly not deep passing attempts. Yeah, and I'm a big Hurts fan as well, and I'm, you know, obviously rooting for him. So, uh, yeah, that was a little disappointing, but really, Eagles Autism Challenge and Foundation's awesome, and uh, love your guys' work, and uh, shout-out Brendan Aronson. Oh, yeah, Leeds, baby. There it is. There it is, baby. Brendan (laughs) Aronson. I love it. Appreciate the call, Marco. Enough. Enough with the Brendan Aronson. Look, I know you're mad because local talent is winning, but very cool. (laughs) Brendan Aronson scoring his yeah. – uh, it should be his goal. It was ruled, ruled an own goal, but should be his goal. Yeah. Well, I'll allow it because he's a local guy. Yeah, and he's because not, it's Sunday night at uh, 8.55. It's, and it's it. not a 2-6 to six Monday through Friday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the, I will not allow Brendan Aronson to talk during that point. And, yes. I mean, at this point, he's the, the, the best athlete in, from South Jersey. Uh, that I can think of. I can't think <laughs> yeah. of a. I can't think of a different center fielder for the Angel, Angels. By the way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Mickey. Poor Mickey. He, uh, he. I know. He had two homers in his first couple games as an Angel, and then broke his finger today. So can't, you know, talk about you just can never put it all together. Can't catch a break, Elliot. It was a pleasure, my friend. What a lot a, of fun. What a fun night down here. Uh, I gotta be honest. I I heard the my uh, first Eagles chant of mm. the year uh, from the crowd. It wasn't a you know the full crowd. It wasn't. 
74,000 fans, but man, even when you hear it, it still brings a little smile to me. Yeah, and look, I'm looking at Twitter. A lot of people are saying we're the next Maryland Mike now. So, yep. you know, certainly a, uh, a fun night for sure. Yeah, I'm sure Maryland agrees. Yes, has, uh, yes. Has to agree. He might break a blood vessel if he's listening to that. Yeah, hopefully he's on the drive home. Uh, Merrill, thank you for letting us uh, hang in your booth yes. tonight. We really appreciate it. That's going to do it for us. It was a fun night down here at Open Practice. Again, Jalen Hurts, meh, perfectly fine. I'll give him a B. Another night, uh, another training camp practice where the, the passing offense doesn't seem to be there. Ricky Ricardo is coming up next. Shout out to Nick Earnshaw producing back at the studio. Elliot, you'll be back with us on Tuesdays. Uh, Tuesdays with Elliot from 3 yep. to 4. And, of course, Marks and Reese back tomorrow. That's going to do it for us from Lincoln Financial Field. Ricky Ricardo coming up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.